Yo, what's good? It's your boy The Franchise here, reminding you to tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday for Monday Night Raw, WWE, NXT, AEW, Wednesday Night Dynamite, and Friday Night Smackdown Review Shows. Also on the weeks of pay-per-views, join in on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for our preview and review shows of the pay-per-views. And if you don't know, now you know, and that's the bottom line, because The Franchise says so. You are now tuned in to the Generation Wrestling Podcast. And you know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Generation of Wrestling Podcast. As always, it's yours truly, the 26-year-old piece of gold, the franchise, better known as the showstopper. And with me, as always, I got my tag team partners, my brothers, my family. Introducing first up, he is the human encyclopedia of wrestling. The flawless phenomenon. Joe knows everything. Flawless. Joey V, how you doing? I am the generation of wrestling messiah. <laughs> and across the way, as always, we got the caramel coated, the light skinned Teddy Pendergrass, aka Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, K Breezy, better known as Tuco Kimbro. How you doing? Yo, I'm good to go, man. Let's roll. And shout out to our newest benefactor, Mama Flawless. How you doing? <laughs> Good to know, Mama Paul. All right, guys. Well, this is the Monday Night Raw review show. And as such, man, we started this thing off with the legend killer, the viper, the apex predator, Mr. RKO, Randy Orton. He comes out to the ring, you know. He says that he was told to come out and, you know, give 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 a uh, an excited and exuberant welcome of sorts, if you will. He said, nah, that ain't my style. And speaking of styles, said AJ Styles, get your ass out here. Calls out AJ. AJ comes out. They have a little back and forth banter. AJ says that his RKO has been rumored to be one of the best they've ever seen. <laughs> I like to dispute that, but nonetheless. <laughs> in, the, in the middle of AJ and Randy going back and forth, we got K Breezy's favorite guy, the Scottish psychopath, Drew McIntyre. He comes out. And he takes a poll from the fans. He said, do you guys want to hear us talk? Nah. Do you want to see us fight? Yeah. That's set up for a triple threat match between Ork, Style, McIntyre. Flawless, I'm going to go to you first. What did you think of this match? Oh, man, I liked it. I liked this uh, red hot start to Raw. Uh, I like when Orton came out, you know, and then he went on the ropes and he looked at fans like, I had to do it. You know, you know, he's getting the crowd going. When he came out, then eight. Because AJ's talking about how he's going to throw Randy over the top rope. He's going to throw Brock Lesnar over the top rope. And before he could say Drew McIntyre's name, Drew comes out. Now, I know Drew was a heel, but man, he's like starting to become like that stone cold, you know, like, like type, like kind of like heel, you know, where the fans like him. You know, he's Mm -hmm. a heel, but man, he's getting cheered by the crowd now. Uh, But the match itself, it was good. Um. We always talk about pace in matches. This didn't have a slow pace. This didn't have a fast pace. This had the right amount of space. It was right in the middle. Good action packed. I like when Drew got the win. I didn't like how he was outside for a little while. Uh, I didn't like that part. But man, I liked how he kind of like jumped over Orton. Like he had to wait for Randy to get up and time it and hit him with the Claiborne kick and then get the pin. I liked it. And, uh, you know, like the like Jerry the King Lawler said, 
Drew McIntyre is his pick to win the Rumble. I'm not hmm. saying that's my pick, but you know, he could be when we make our predictions. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I like like flawless. Love the opening. Uh, this is the show so far, and I and I'm still actually watching it as we're talking. Uh, getting into the main event. Uh, the show itself was actually a good show. This was a great. I I know great is is too big of a word, but this was actually a great show, and I'm I'm gonna stick with it because I like the opening. I like the match that came with it. And and it kind of seemed a little spontaneous that, you know, Drew would come out a- after AJ had, you know, made his acclamation about what he's going to do in the Rumble. And then, you know, just him and Orton going back and forth. And we was wondering what was going on, you know, between these three because it started out between Drew and Orton. And then Styles got into it. And then it went from Orton to Styles. And then Drew was just kind of beating up other people. And now they've kind of come back to it. And the guy that looks good in the end is the guy I want to see look good because, and I, and I think this is why the fans were cheering for him because we're seeing Drew get somewhat of a push. We're seeing him, we're, we're seeing Drew McIntyre be Drew McIntyre. And that's what we want to see. That, that, <clears throat> I, I, I have to admit, they gave me what I want. Gave me a great opening, a great match, and you gave me three people that I want to see in a match that – I probably wouldn't have seen nowhere else. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I was all for it, man. And Drew didn't win. Uh, I agree with Flawless. Uh, I thought he was on the outside a little too long. Um, I felt like he should have been more in the match. But, of course, you you still have to tell the story of AJ and, and Orton, which is going to eventually lead to a one-on-one match. So, I, yeah, I, I was all good with the opening and the match. You know what's crazy? My favorite part was when Drew was talking on the outside before the match. When, the, when they were doing the segment, he said, you know, I had a tough time with the conga line last week. I want some real competition. Step up. <laughs> and all right. just like That type of stuff that you could see Drew's personality coming out in his character, the evolution of his character, where it's going. Yeah, him walking out with the microphone and him just coming out and just talking. You can, mm-hmm. man, it, it has gotten so, so, so much better. And he he has a sarcastic way that works with him and, and the way that he just delivers and the way he he, he talks down about people and what he's going to do and what they you know what they're not going to do and it works so well uh so i i yeah i'm definitely i won't make drew my pick but he's one of he's one of my picks i i if this rumble is going to be at least as star-studded as possible yeah, he's he's one of the guys I'm definitely looking at at uh, winning. Well, I think one of my favorite parts of the match was actually seeing Randy Orton not only attempt the Styles Clash, but oh. actually actually hitting the Styles Clash. So I'm gonna ask you guys, who had the better stolen maneuver, Orton Style Clash or Styles? <laughs> so I will say this: I say Orton because the Style Clash is hard to pull off. I mean, you got to get them positioned right. You got to get your legs around his arm, and you got to land it perfect. And that's a hard move to do. And you've seen some people do it, and they botch it and land it on somebody's head. So I'll go with Horton. Yeah, uh, yeah, AJ. <laughs> and, and I think this is what made it so great. <clears throat> when he was coming out bragging about how great his RKO was, 
and it wasn't. It was terrible. But him being <laughs> a heel dude and just coming out and just bragging about it, man, I'm going to give him points for that. But I'm going with Orton. He had the better opposite move. But AJ coming out and just bragging about it and, and you know what I'm saying, you know, people think maybe he should use that move and, and, and all this other – it was it, – it went great with everything that just happened as far as coming out and having a little bit of a promo against each other. So, uh <clears throat> Yeah, it, it, obviously Orton, but yeah, I got to give kudos points to or uh, for Styles just for just for coming out and bragging about it. And people say my RKO <laughs> was phenomenal. <Right. laughs> I'm like this dude tripping. That was a that was not a phenomenal <laughs> RKO, man. But you know what? It, it, yeah, you bragging about it. That's heel, that's what a heel is supposed to do. I'm good with it. It, it was great. It's it, you know you know kind of like AJ Styles RKO reminds you of. Like those YouTube videos where, like, you see like a ten-year-old hit the RKO on this. Oh my god! Right <laughs> on like a trampoline. But hell, even they hit it better than what he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next up we got the Monday Night Messiah, Seth freaking Rollins, with AOP backstage. You know, Seth Rollins. He's telling his guys. He said, "This fist fight will be an opportunity. It will be a demonstration." And if you're not with us, you're against us, and it will be who of you, because this is not a choice. This is fate. K. Breezy, what do you think of this new Monday Night Messiah persona from Rollins? I like it. Um, I like it a lot. This is this is the uh, – Flawless said this a few podcasts ago, man. This is this is Rollins' strong suit. Uh <laughs> Before he was the guy, when 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 Rollins had the one hour uh, gauntlet match with uh, Roman Reigns and John Cena, that was the guy I didn't have a problem with, you know, because he wasn't cutting too many promos. He was just going out and just doing it, and I, I liked that up until you know he just got too much of himself. Now that he's turned heel and his promos are more methodical, you know, there, there's more purpose behind the way he's going at it. I, I actually like it a lot more. So, Hill Rollins, I'm all set for him. Hell no, that's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still watching Raw. I just seen something. I just started laughing. But uh, uh, I, I like the Messiah. I like the Monday Night Messiah. I like the way, you know, when when him and ARP are talking. And, of course, you know, we don't know what they're saying. I'm sure he don't know what they're saying. But it it, 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 it just sounds great. It, it just sounds great. Just heel guys just talking and just. I mean, just look, dude. Everybody can't speak English. There are many different people, and you're you're gonna have this, you know, this diversity. So you know, just let the people talk. It reaches out to somebody. Everybody's got to have somebody that talks their language. So I'm fine with it. Even for Oscar or anybody else, I've always been okay with it. Uh, I know some people don't like it because they don't understand what they're saying. But dude, it, it, that's who they are. Accept it. It was a great promo. Uh yeah, I, I'm actually <laughs> seeing what's going on. I'm I'm actually more excited about this match. Flawless. Yes. What you want me? Mean? You want my opinion on the promo backstage? Yes. Uh, okay. <clears throat> um, it was like just like a regular promo backstage, you know what you would get. But uh, like I said, you know, okay, Breezy said, you know, like. Rollins does better when he's a heel and he has people with him. Uh, it's better than Rollins being a face. It just works for him. Like right. Rollins gets a lot of heat when he's a heel. 
Like even when he was ROH champion and and he was leaving, but he was the biggest face in ROH. And when they that crowd found out he was leaving, they were chanting, "You sold out!" And he's a face in the ring, and he just turned on him, like just started like, "Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm leaving for b- bigger money. What are you gonna do about it?" You know, that's the <laughs> Rollins you like to see. I I like the Monday Night Messiah. Uh, the shirt is kind of funny to be. Like, I think the shirt is hilarious, but uh, is this a stable? You know that's gonna happen. We'll see. Right, we'll get right. to that later. But I like it. All right. Well, moving forward, we have Ricochet versus Mojo Riley. <laughs> um, you know what? Despite the fact that it was a glorified squash match, in my opinion. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad match. I mean, you kind of figured that Ricochet was going to win the match anyway. But for me, I feel like with it being Mojo Riley and Ricochet, to me, the match served its purpose for what it was meant to do: give Ricochet somebody to fight, make show Mojo kind of you know he's not a complete bum in the ring, flawless. What did you think of this match, Ricochet and Mojo <laughs> Riley? <laughs> when I saw Ricochet come out, I'm like. All right, cool. We're gonna get a ricochet match. You know, we haven't, you know, ricochet, blah blah. He's been going after Andrade a little bit. All right, cool. And then Mojo comes out, and I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first thing I was like, all right, this match is gonna be over quick. And it kind of was, like you said, like a glorified squash match. Yeah, Mojo got a little bit of the offense, but I mean, it just squashed Mojo. But it kind of helped Mojo later on in the show. But you know, still. Squash match. Where does Ricochet go from here? I don't know. He's entering the Rumble. It'll be his first Rumble he's entering. I can't wait to see what he can do. I always like when the Rumble happens and there's new superstars that enter the Rumble. I want to see what they can do their first time in the Rumble. And I'm looking forward to Ricochet. But yeah, glorified squash match. I mean, that's what Paul Heyman's doing nowadays. So, can't argue with Paul's vision. But yeah. No, and, and and this is this is Ricochet getting some time on TV. You know, fans like him. He's he's exciting, and you know we want to see him have. You know, we want to see him have good matches. And Rally, no Rally, Rally is not so much as a good in ring performer, but you know he handled he 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 did a losing. <laughs> it, it, I'll say it like that. He, he he did a good job in losing. He made Ricochet look great. Um. Yeah, that it was no more than what you know. Flawless said, man, it was just a, it was just a, a jobber match for Ricochet. But it was, it, it but it was, a, it was an okay match. Okay, well, I, I kind of want to segue into something real quick. You know, I'm gonna bring it back. But um, speaking of speaking of Mojo Riley, I think we can all agree he's not the greatest wrestler in the ring. He doesn't have the greatest character in the ring. Uh. But like you said, he looked good. He made Ricochet look good in losing. Uh, I was watching an interview with Triple H, and he was basically saying, you know, his NXT brand and the team he has behind NXT and NXT UK, how the guys he's hired, you know, they have an eye for talent. And even though, you know, they can pick out whether a guy is going to be a superstar now, a superstar in 10 years, maybe not a superstar, but a good hand to work with people. Do we see guys like Mojo Riley and Dolph Ziggler as not – what am I trying to say? 
not the it guys, but those guys that are great for people like a ricochet, for people you're trying to build a good hand, if you will. Well, you shouldn't put Ziggler in the mojo category. No, 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 absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, no, 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 no. Talent-wise, absolutely no. But, I mean, if, 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 if you look at it for what it is, they're doing the same thing, making other guys look good. Now, granted, Dolph Ziggler in ring work. Does he deserve to be champion? Yes, he has. But for the role that they've been put in, you will say Ziggler's a great hand. Mojo is just a fucking hand. But the point being, do we see potential? I guess my question is this. Do you see potential in Mojo? We've seen guys who started their careers off not so great. They look like they're, they're, they suck. And out of nowhere, they become superstars. Mojo, he's on his third leg now with the character. Do we see anything coming of this? Liv Morgan, she was the best at one point in time, but look how over her character is now. And this is her just now coming back, haven't even wrestled a match. I think Mojo's ceiling... I think Mojo's already hit his ceiling. Okay. Like, it's just, he's not going to go anywhere higher than this. Okay. And that's kind of sad to say, because he did win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, but I don't see nothing with Mojo that'll make me believe, all right, he's going to win like a United States or Intercontinental Champion. In a year, I will say in a year, if they continue in the direction that he is now, and it, it kind of and 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 my point will be kind of more made as we get on in the show. Um, I think given the opportunity to go out there, he can kind of have that path Baron Corbin can have, where Baron Corbin was that same type of guy. We didn't really know too much um, until we had to see him. We had to see him. And then once we saw him, it was, you know, it was something else. It was like, okay, we saw what could be the potential. We saw what wasn't working, what needed to be worked on. And as time went on, he's gotten better. Now, yeah, we hate the the corporate Corbin. We hated that. And we, we hated a bit of this King Corbin stuff. But the Lone Wolf, we had no problem with the Lone Wolf. As long as the Lone Wolf got opportunity, which he did, and there were moments where he succeeded and he got an opportunity that – he won money in the bank. We didn't. I, I didn't see him winning money in the bank. So for him to even get that opportunity, uh, it put him somewhere, you know, backstage politics. I mean, that's going to always uh, hinder someone's career. But um, for Mojo, I'll say in a year, give him a year, kind of put him in the same situation you did with uh, Ricochet and, you know, just give him a somebody to work with it better. If he's serious about it, I think he can he can maybe be a higher mid card. I, I won't go world champion. I won't go higher than that. But I'll at least give him a higher level of mid card. You know, if if he continues to work. All right. Well, next up we got a street profit segment backstage. You know, pretty much reiterating what they always say: we want to smoke. And then after that, we got the Queen Charlotte Flair. We got Little Wolf Sarah Logan. Uh. Match started off, man. I ain't gonna lie. I thought they were gonna do Sarah Logan dirty, bro. When Charlotte hit her ass with that big boot as soon as the bell started, I'm like, damn, they got her lose already. <laughs> uh, to me, the match wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. 
seeing how they had Sarah Logan kind of start off on an attack last week, even though Charlotte got the better of her at the end of the you know at the end of the bout, I thought this week when they had Charlotte versus Sarah Logan, honestly the way they have Sarah Logan coming at Charlotte, this is what I wish they would have did with Liv. No, um, instead of putting her in the storyline she's in. I'm going to go to Kay Breezy. Kay Breezy, what do you think of the match between Charlotte and Sarah Logan? And match aside, where do you see Sarah Logan's character going from here on up? Um, I don't – okay, so as far as this rivalry between these two, um, I do agree with you. It should be Liv Morgan, especially considering it was Charlotte that she had this kind of mental breakdown of her character and what, and, and what her direction was going to be. So I agree there. But as far as it being Liv Morgan and Charlotte – I actually don't mind it. The match itself was more it this was more of telling a story. This is this is clearly gonna be a rivalry and this is their way of building someone else. This is this is what we've been asking for. So I'm not gonna look at it as a bad thing. I'm gonna look at it as Morgan. I mean, I'm sorry, they're giving uh Sarah Logan some time to go out there and go up against somebody and actually look decent against them and, and continue to build off that. That's the thing that we've been saying about the women's division. You got to give some of these other women opportunity. So now we're seeing Liv Morgan. We, I'm, damn, I keep saying Liv Morgan. We keep seeing uh, we're, we're seeing Sarah Logan uh, get an opportunity, you know, to do something. And honestly, if it isn't for Liv Morgan doing what she's doing with uh, Lana, I don't think we would see Sarah Logan. So the fact that she's doing something with Charlotte who's proven, who's our, we already have her as the top women wrestler so far in all of wrestling with an exception of a few uh, New Japan stars. Um, I, this, this is, um, this, this, this is okay. I'm, I'm good with this because this is going to lead to a match where she's possibly going to get a, a win to help build herself and to push her forward. All right. When they started fighting on the outside, I was like, all right, it's going to be a double count out. It's going to be good. Because Logan and Flair are going at each other. And I'm like, all right, I'm loving this. You're giving Logan a little, you know, some TV time and a little, you know, a little push, I guess you could say. You know, giving her the upper hand. Like, they're fighting on the outside. But once they got on the inside, it was done for Sarah Logan once they got inside. Like, when the match ended, when Flair got her in the figure eight, I'm like, man, like, this was great on the outside. Like, it was competitive, but as soon as they got in, it was Charlotte Flair, and then, bam, it's over. So I was a little upset about that. But, like, I wonder how Heyman's doing for the men, like, squash matches. I wonder if he's doing it for the women also. Yeah, uh, I can see that's, that. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's what I see. Not to cut you off, but that, that's what I see. I see opportunity just what 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 have we always saying give them opportunity just give them opportunity to go out there and wrestle a match and you know and do something on a week to every other week basis that's it yeah i wish they would have just gave logan like say like a pin like a roll up you know we say like the roll up you know what do we call it the roll up of death yeah, the roll up of death. You could have like had Logan cheat to win. Do something, man. Like I understand that Charlotte Flair, like we say Charlotte is like the standard in WWE, you know, like it's it's pretty much Charlotte on Raw and everybody else, you know, kind of. 
You know, you have nobody for her to like feud with. And I thought Logan, okay, this would be a good little feud to go at it, you know, because of what happened the past two weeks. But to have Charlotte like just demolish her, I was like, come on. Well, it's 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 early, you know, it's still early. And I think this is, you know, just Hamish's way of just building it. I'm I'm going to have some faith in it that in their next match, because clearly they're going to have another match. And I have a feeling she might get the, the roll up of death then and she'll get that pin over Charlotte um, or she'll either she'll get the pin over Charlotte or she's going to eliminate Charlotte out of the Royal Rumble, which is going to further the story. So I'm, I'm looking at it from the standpoint. I'm, I'm, we haven't seen her in months. We don't know what Charlotte's doing. So I'm not I'm not I, I don't want to see them rush this. Uh, take your time. Take 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 your time. Build this up because clearly you can go somewhere to have a good match where we're going to actually have something better. I think right now this is just this was just planting the seeds. This was just, you know, opening up, you know, opening up a little hole in the dirt and just putting in some seeds and covering it back up and, and watering it and watching it grow. That this is all this is right now. We're going to eventually see the seeds sprout out. And I think we'll see that at Royal Rumble because I'm going to call it. I'm going to say she's going to eliminate Charlotte or She'll get eliminated by Charlotte, and then somehow Charlotte will get eliminated by her because of her. So I'm, I'm, you know, somehow that interaction is going to happen at the Rumble, and it'll continue to go on from there. Now, where where does it go from there? I don't know. Maybe uh, they'll set up for elimination. No, shut up. Uh, Maybe they'll set up for like elimination chamber, you know, or opportunity for that, or you know, something like that. But. just give her op- you put her on TV. Just put her on TV. Give her opportunity. Um, I, I had no problem with that. That's that's how I looked at it. I'm gonna call K Breezy the sprouter of knowledge. The sprouter <laughs> of knowledge. <laughs> I'm just saying, okay. man. Just like a little chia pet, man. You know what I'm saying? You just plant the seeds, man, and water it and watch it grow, man. You gotta you gotta let it build up. Oh, tell me you did not just say that. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, but really quick. Okay, so Charlotte, I'm um, excuse me, not Charlotte. See, we got Sarah Logan back. We have Liv Morgan back. Do well, I guess yeah, we don't know when Ruby Wyatt is going to return. Still, in but June. but when she does return, do we see Ruby Wyatt coming back to Raw? Or does she do her own thing on SmackDown? Uh, I hope they put her on SmackDown. I hope they put her on SmackDown because right now I don't. It doesn't look like it's going to be a group thing. I mean, unless they bring her back and her and Sarah Logan team up just so they can fight for the tag team championships or, you know, maybe her and Liv Morgan, you know, depending on where they go as far as Liv, I'm not sure how far her story is going to go. But if and when she does come back, um, I'm hoping it's on SmackDown and her own little singles run. Or if it is back to Raw, she can still have a singles run or, you know, maybe they'll put them together for a tag match. I hope not. I hope not. That wouldn't be bad because they need more tag team women. They they, they need you know for for Oscar and them to defend their championships again. You know they, they they have to build some female tag teams. You don't really have too many. I mean, actually, you have none. Everyone, all of the women tag teams are makeshift tag teams. Like all of them, even when it was Shasta and Bailey, they were makeshift tag team. Even though you could say they're part of the four horsewomen. But still, there were two put together, and then here you go. So they have to build some 
So we we can't look at it as a bad thing. I I, got to look at it as an opportunity to see more wrestlers and and to know who can and who can't. Got you, got you. All right, next up, we have a backstage segment. Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe. You know, Owens is pretty much worried about the stipulations. You know, what are the rules of a WWE fist fight? And Joe pretty much saying, man, you know what? You ain't got to worry about it. Then of course we get joined moment. Then of course we get joined by the world's largest athlete, the Big Show. And he said, "You know what? He feels that the WWE universe needs to be reintroduced to his massive seven X fist. Crazy, right? Next up, we probably had the most entertaining segment of the night. Man. It is a twenty four seven, forty seven five. European WWE Buffalo New York Mexicans to Kentucky I 95 TV champion of the world are true. Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar. So I'm going to rewind it. This started off with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar coming down to the ring. Paul's cutting a promo. Next thing you know, he says, True. True comes on out to the ring. He says, Hey, say my name. I'm going to say this. When when our truth was talking about the bigger they are, the harder they fall, and you were big, really big, really big, 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 man. And I can throw you over the top rope, Paul Heyman. Dude, when I, I seen – dude, first of all, I laughed because I was not expecting Paul Heyman. But then to see Brock Lesnar laugh, that shit made me laugh even more. Because I could yeah. tell, like, Brock Lesnar really was cracking the fuck up. Like, for a whole two minutes, this dude cannot stop laughing. Uh, Kay Breezy, what did you think of the – what did you think of Paul Heyman's promo separately? And then what did you think of our truth man coming out, being the fool that he is, de- declaring and then undeclaring himself in the Royal Rumble? Okay, so the promo with Paul and Brock, uh, Paul Heyman coming out and and declaring his spoilers as a streak of truth, and they are. Because uh, when Paul Heyman tells you it's not a prediction, it's a spoiler, you best believe it's a spoiler. It's going to happen. So for him to put even more of an emphasis on it, you know, since Brock is going to enter the Royal Rumble as the WWE champion and enter at number one, it just made it more intriguing to watch the Rumble. So, you know, this is this is. I, I, I mean, it's Paul Heyman. I mean, when he comes out and speak, man, we're going to listen. So, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a typical Paul Heyman promo, but I'm not saying that in a bad way. It was what he needed to do. He came out. He, he agitated the crowd. He played like they were going to leave. They came back in. He did his introduction. He, he said what he needed to say, and it went over. That's a typical Paul Heyman promo. It's, it's, what you, it's promo school one-on-one. And it, it and, and he delivered it the way it should have. Our truth coming out, and as you said, man. First of all, I I gotta give our truth kudos here, man, because you know what, man, <laughs> he had me laughing. I I could not stop laughing. Like I knew when I heard Paul Heyman say truth three times and then truth came out. I'm like, what is this candy man? Like truth just comes out <laughs> and you know, he, 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 he says what he says. And then, you know, of course we all think he's talking about Brock. And then of course he mentions Paul Heyman. And as soon as he said, I mean, Brock is already laughing, but as soon as he said it was Paul Heyman, I, I could have swore Brock probably wanted to roll on the floor 
and just bust up laughing, man. Like he he was just dying laughing. And that's what made me laugh. Like you, it made me laugh to see Brock enjoying it and just like this dude is serious. Like, and he had to calm down Paul Heyman. I think that's what really got me that he was calming down Paul Heyman. Like, come on, this is Brock Lesnar. This is the dude you always have to calm down. But it's it's Paul getting upset because truth is just just getting on his nerves. And Heyman is loving it. Hey, I mean, Brock is loving it. So this was an awesome promo. This was an awesome segment. Uh, I see we're going to get Brock Lesnar for three weeks in a row. I think that's a record uh, for most shows in a, in a month's time that he's showing up for consecutively. Uh, again, man, just this, this was just funny. Again, it put over the Royal Rumble. It put over the importance of it. It put over how much you should really believe that Brock Lesnar is really going to win, even though we really think he's not. Because he loses nothing by losing. He, he loses nothing by getting tossed out. So, you know, the spoiler can can break its streak and then still be potent later on. Flawless. Do you want to get taken to Sioux Falls City? Because I don't. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. I like okay, Suplex so, City. Uh, Suplex City. Suplex City. <laughs> hold, hold, hold on, boss. Hold on, boss. Let me speak, okay? Let me do. Hold on, boss, boss, boss. Let me do my promo like Paul Hammond did. I like how he addressed <laughs> the fans in Kentucky like that. Um, yeah, when Truce came out, man, like, and he's like, like, yeah, I'm officially entering the Rumble. You know, and then he mentions like Paul Heyman in the Rumble. And Heyman's like, I'm not in the Rumble. <laughs> you know, and he's like, you're not? All right, well, I'm de- not declaring. I'm taking my name out of the hat. <laughs> Which, it's funny, because what if he is in the Rumble and he accidentally eliminates Lesnar? Like, can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That would be. But the promo itself, man, it was gold, money. Uh, I like when uh, Lesnar dropped... Uh, you know, truth, and he's like, that's what's up. Like, <laughs> I was kind of hoping, like, Lesnar would have pinned him and got the 24-7 title. He was thinking he about it. it. He was thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, like, it would have been good, but yeah, man. Look, man, this segment was gold, money. That's one of the best segments. I mean, probably the best segment of the night. And it just made for entertaining TV. Let me say this before we get to what happened with the 24-7 European 7-Eleven title. If Brock Lesnar did pin our truth, I'm going to tell you right now, that's it for the 24-7 title because ain't nobody about to whoop his ass for it. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> uh, but speaking of getting I, I his can ass see, whooped, I can see 10 guys coming out the back and try to jump one night that he shows up. Like, I could just see Brock going through 10 dudes <laughs> just trying to go after that championship. I could see something like that happening because Paul Hammond would just breathe that type of chaos to a raw. And I, if I'm one of them 10 guys, I'm telling Paul, I ain't doing that shit, man. <laughs> but, you know, it would make for some good TV because he'd be like, why in the world is Carmen San Diego if Lesnar's not there? And you could see guys trying to find Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you know what I, I think we were talking about this. We said that you know the twenty four seven titles kind of run this course with true, but right now really, I mean you don't have Drake Maverick in the picture no more. So you kinda right now don't really have anybody else to really put it on. I think if you put it on a serious guy like a Drew McIntyre or a Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar, 
No, 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 no. Sorry, dude, I got to cut you off there, man. Hell no, you do not. Look, I said Brock was thinking about it, but he know how ridiculous that is. That's why he tossed it back down at Drew. And so does Drew McIntyre. If any of them dudes really wanted that championship, they, I mean, could they actually do something like that? Sure. I, it, it would it would be a great thing for them to do. It would be different. But uh, none of those guys are going to do it. It's good for a guy that, well, let's go ahead and talk about what happened. Because as Truth was being helped up the ring, Mojo Rowley came down and pinned him and became the new 24-7, 7-11 champion. So with, uh, with, with, with a guy like Mojo Rowley, and I said this earlier, you got to give this dude some type of opportunity. So – he wins the championship and the attitude that he has, you know, the, the bravado that he's giving off. It's something that can work. It can work for him. He can kind of be that. I mean, he's a big dude. Like the dude is tall. He, you know, he can kind of go with almost anybody. So he just so needs almost. to continue to work on his, he just needs to continue to work in the ring, but him getting the opportunity to win this championship, you can do some new stuff with him. Uh, he can, it, you're, Obviously, Truth is going to be the one to uh, be that first kind of guy, but I don't see Truth retaining the championship. I don't see him winning it for the 100th time. Uh, I could just see Riley just kind of going through all the other mid-cards to build him up. This is a this is maybe not the most ideal way, but it's a great way for someone like him who our truth is already – look, our truth has won almost every championship – except for the WWE Championship. So he don't really need anything. He's just a joke. He's the comedy relief on the show. But a guy like Mojo Rowley, who's trying to be more serious and be, uh, you know, more of a legit dude, he needs this because he needs the spotlight. He needs some time. And, you know, it's crazy speaking of, can you believe, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe it is our truth. He has the most combined title reigns in WWE. I can believe that because he's won a lot of titles. I mean, he's won multiple Intercontinentals and United States and tag teams and hardcores and 24-7 championships. And I'm pretty sure the 40th or 50th time he's won that definitely put him over. Um, but, I, yeah, I mean, he, he's been around. I mean, our truth has been K-Quick. He came in as K-Quick. Yeah, that's 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 how long he's been in his in his business. And if you don't know the name of K Quick, Google it. How long our truth has been in his business? So <laughs> Road Dog was was a touch. What was Road Dog name back then? I know it wasn't Road Dog. It was K Quick. It was a uh, Jesse. It was a uh, DJ Jesse. Something like that. I, I don't remember. Flawless okay, okay. part of it. No, but, I think uh, it was Road Dog. Well, oh, yeah, it was just Rodol, Jesse James, and K Quick. Yeah, because yeah. they were coming out yeah. as the hip hop duel, and Truth was doing the same stuff then that he's doing now. He was breakdancing, moonwalking, and what's up? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's he just changed his name when he, you know, got a little older. But Rally, R- Mojo Rally, this was good for him. Like I say, it was just good for him because now he's the champion. He can walk around, he's the new big bad with the title. And you can kind of just do some backstage segments with him, you know, just kind of build him up as a new mid-card kind of badass dude. Like I said, he can move up to a, the next level of mid-card, but I don't see him going no higher than that. And, you know, this is what this championship should be built for, to kind of give other guys uh, some TV time, some some opportunity. Well, speaking of TV time and opportunity, we got Charlie Caruso, 
interviews by hold me. Hold on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Flawless's thoughts on this. Uh, Flawless, what, what, what's your thoughts on this, man? Oh, you mean Mojo winning the 24-7 title? And everything I said, yeah. Uh, man, you know, I don't see Mojo having it longer than, say, next week. <laughs> uh, you know, you take it off of a 47-year-old R-Truth. Uh, how dare he? Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I think our truth gets it back next week. I think this will just maybe a one-off for Mojo, or maybe he keeps it for two weeks. Mm. But uh, like we were talking earlier, like, okay, uh, you know, I said like you wouldn't win the Intercontinental U.S. Okay, twenty-four-seven is probably the only major title he's going to hold <laughs> in WWE. I can see him getting the tag belts. Like I, I can see him him getting partner up with somebody and going after the tag titles. They always do that with somebody. I mean, look at Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. They did that with them, and it was just the tag belts. I think you can do something like that. You know, when you kind of got some off time between your tag teams. But, well, I mean, Ryder's um, and Hawkins came in as a tag team together. Right, they did, but they kind of branched off separately and been their own thing, and then yeah, they came like, back. Mojo's never been like with like a tag team. Right, that's what I said. W- w- once, once he finds that somebody, and they decide to go in that direction, like I'm just saying, like you, like I agree with you. I don't see him winning none of those high mid card championships or the WWE championships. But if I had to say a title outside of the 24 championship that he would have an opportunity to win, I would say tag teams because I th- they make makeshift tag teams all the time. So it, it would only yeah. be a matter of time that him and somebody else would pair up. I will say this. If Mojo got a tag team partner, <laughs> it would be beneficial for him. Yeah. Because if you're doing nothing singles, a tag team will help you. Yeah, most definitely. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, exactly what you just said. That That's my – I see him going. Like, maybe he won't be one of the new big things in wrestling, but he'll be one of those guys that, you know, you've seen him – get to do enough of his hard work. You've seen him go in the ring. You've seen him, you know, be the character he is. And you either hated him or you loved him, but he, he did decent in the match. And I, and I think, like you say, tag team will probably help him because he won't have to rely on trying to work the whole match. You know, he, yeah. he so that, that'll definitely be a great thing for him. Go ahead. Right. Next up, next up, we got Charlie Caruso interviewing Bobby Alana, blah, blah, blah. Then we have Lashley versus Rusev. I'm going to say this: storyline aside, the storyline I'm I'm never going to get on board with. But the match itself, to me, I feel like the match is actually a really good match. Uh, both guys got an equal amount of offense. I felt personally that Rusev should have won after the Moscow kick, but of course you got to have shenanigans with Lana. Then Liv came out. Lashley got the spear and he got the win. Uh, flawless. I'm gonna go to you first this time. Storyline aside, man, we we gonna put the bias aside. Lashley, Rusev, <laughs> what did you think of this match as a whole? Honest opinion. The match was better than their match at TLC. Ten times better. <laughs> I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, yeah, you know, it was not bad. Uh, huh. I don't know how long the storyline's gonna go. Rusev is a soon-to-be free agent and hasn't gave any indication that he's going to resign with WWE, even though, uh, yeah, okay, uh, I'm not going to go there. But, you know, he hasn't given any indication that he's going to resign. I mean, he did put on his Twitter 
recently soon to be free agent. But the match itself, like I said, you know, it was better ten times better than their work at TLC. Pretty good match itself, you know. Uh Liv coming down with Lana, you know, and then Lana grabs the fan's drink and throws it in her face and then slams her against the guardrail or the barricade and then Lashley hitting the spear on Rusev for the win. You know, okay, I didn't mind that, but the backstage promo with Lana, oh my God. It was so terrible. Like, I would rather hear a franchise do a Booker T impression. Damn. So you saying are you saying that Lana's uh, backstage sandmate was bad or Booker or his Booker T impression is bad? I'll go with Lana's worse. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh I don't have much to say. It was a better match. Uh I hated the ending. Um this is I rather just I rather just rather I rather have just watched them match with no uh watch them fight with no story than to watch them with a story. Uh because I guess for me, I guess the ending could have been different. I rather have Lana cost Rusev the match and then, you know, live when it came out and then you could have set up maybe that way. But for Rusev to just like that, what happened on the outside shouldn't have been enough. Like, like, dude, you, you should have focused on beating Bobby Lashley. They didn't really interfere with the match. I, I kind of hate that way of someone losing, especially considering Rusev already lost. So to make him lose, then it should have been a definitive, you know, uh, screw job. And he should have got screwed out of the victory, which would have set up the tag team match for next week. All right. Then after that, then we had Charlie Caruso once again backstage with Lana and Lashley. Uh, Liv, not Liv, excuse me. Lana basically challenged Rusev and Liv to a mixed tag match next week. So that would be Lana and Lashley. Versus Liv and Rusev. I'm kind of interested just because I want to see what Liv can do. I haven't seen that in a while. Next up, we got the Viking Raiders versus the Singh Bros. Needless to say, we know who won that match. Viking Raiders, squash. Uh, we had another promo again. <laughs> this time we got Liv and Rusev. Rusev basically you know, says that Lana and Bobby deserve each other. Liv says she's a living embodiment of Lana's karma. Blah, blah, blah. Next up, we got K Breezy's favorite woman, the Irish last kisser, the man, Becky Lynch versus. No, no, I'm an Oscar. I'm an Oscar fan, brother. Are you an Oscar fan? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Oscar. Within, Oh, yeah. I'm, within, I'm into that Japanese. What did Oscar say in the uh, contract signing? Oh, she said that she was going to love her long time and beat her ass. That's what she said she was going to do. So during the concert signing Becky Lynch, you know, King asked, hey, do you have anything to say? Becky Lynch, nothing at all. Oscar come down, she said what she said. She signs the contract, spits the miss in the face. I will say this. I don't know who gave more of a, uh, a rock selling, if you will, to Stone Cold when it came to this. I don't know who did a better job. Was it Charlotte or was it Becky Lynch when it came to this miss? Because Becky Lynch had me thinking she was really blind out here. Uh K Breezy, what did you think of this segment? Um, it was short and sweet to the point. Not a whole lot of talking. Don't really care. Didn't really care for that because I think they said enough already. Um, so less being said was more. Uh, the whole little <laughs> the, the 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 
umbrella poking by Kyrie Singh to <laughs> to Becky Lynch. Like I don't know, man, if she's just she's just done or what. Like I understand her character is kind of quirky, but it it seemed like man, it, it went from being funny quirky to are you sure you know what you're supposed to be out here doing? Like you just kind of I don't know, it kind of looked lost, but I I guess that's part of her character. She's kind of just uh, unorthodox in that way. But um, as far as the mist and what Becky said afterwards, um, I had no problem with it. That's that's heel Oscar, you know. <laughs> she don't care. And it, Oscar's Oscar's demeanor, I loved it. I love the fact that she, you know, she she got this confidence that she's gonna beat Becky Lynch, and and it just that spoke louder to me than her actually speaking, even though we didn't understand what she said, but. It, it did good for me because it just let me know that Oscar just meant she's just that arrogant that she knows she can beat Becky Lynch and Becky Lynch. I got to give her kudos for this because I felt she's become more vulnerable in the fact that she hasn't beaten Oscar and she knows what Oscar is capable of, which is good on for the, you know, that's good for Oscar that that puts over uh, the legitimacy of Oscar. So I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, and Becky playing the kind of vulnerable but not going to back down role. I like it more after this segment than I did previously. Uh, her little speech she gave at the end. Yeah, man, I, I think she sold it better as far as, you know, between her and uh, uh, Charlotte. But to be fair to Charlotte, Charlotte had a whole face full of that stuff. So, I mean, I and some of it didn't even look like it went in her eyes. A lot of it looked like it went in her hair. So, you know, but when she did it to Becky, it looked like it really went into Becky's eyes. Like it really hit Becky in the eyes. So, um, yeah, this, this was better. I, I liked it. Um, I'm excited for the match and yeah, man, it was, it was cool. Uh, all right. I'm going to rub some feathers with this a little bit. I'll say this, man. Asuka looks strong in this segment. And I'll say this, man. Kari Sane is really short, man. She probably came up to like the king's, like stomach, like right, his belly really, button. Yeah, she's really tiny. But the the this contract signing made Asuka look really strong. Mm-hmm. It made Becky look really weak. And I'm gonna say this and saying, the man has run its course. Yeah. So? It's played out. Yes. 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 And it I has. hate to say that. But it has. And you know what? I kind of want Asuka to win at Rumble, even though I don't think she will. But I but yeah. I, I would hope so. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Flawless, man. <clears throat> I, Anne's run is over, which is why I'm excited for the Royal Rumble, because now we'll see that person that's going to beat her. Uh, I think she – but then again, you know – Still got his hand in this stuff, so I could see Becky winning through Rumble because you know Vince wants to ride the big red haired uh man out and and you know all the way through Rumble and then have somebody win. But then because I, I just don't trust that he's gonna honor the Royal Rumble winner, I just don't they haven't really been doing a great job of that lately. Um, so it, it, it leaves me with little faith that uh, the Royal Rumble winner will actually beat Becky at Mania. So I'm with Flawless. I kind of rather just see Asuka beat her now and then they can set up something. Something They can set up something big for later on. 
All right, well, speaking of the man running this course, do we see this being – oh, this is a two-part question. Do mm-hmm. we see this being Becky's last women's title? No. And do we – and if it's not her last women's title, do we see this being her longest title run she will ever have moving yes. forward? Yes. Uh, it will – yeah, yeah, because I don't think she'll ever be this hot again because uh, it was new. <clears throat> because the Becky Lynch before that was a fan favorite wasn't even that favorite. Like she wasn't even that much of somebody that was ex- that people were excited to see until she turned on Charlotte. It's what is it's her turning on Charlotte and 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 extinguishing that friendship that they have, you know, and and that's what put her on the spot. And now that she's pretty much did the Ronda Rousey and ran through pretty much everybody, um it's time for someone else to get an opportunity and it's time for a new face. And uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if it's Oscar for the long term, but I can tell you right now, uh, when we get to the predictions, I'm, I'm going with Oscar. So uh, it's booked. That's the one match I know I am predicting on, even though I know there's a good chance Becky could still win. Hey, Flawless, anything to say? No, you know, it's funny. Impact Wrestling is on, and I put it on. I haven't watched Impact Wrestling in probably like four or five years. <laughs> man, not bad. Not bad, I, actually. <laughs> I was, I was, I've been trying to tell y'all, man. Impact is looking good. Nah, they got, they got they no had, other shit they need to work out. But yeah, they just had like a eight-man ta- eight man tag, like a tornado eight-man tag. And like I thought I saw TJ Perkins in here. He's yeah, still there. He's there. Yeah. He's there, Rich Swanner. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the world champion Tessa Blanchard. I don't believe you racist, Tessa. Okay, and I see uh, two cold moose. <laughs> moose, moose, moose. All right, man. All right, next up. So we got uh, Andrade and Selena Vega in the back. Um, basically, man, long story short, uh, Zelina says that Andrade is a hero. Ray is a disgraced legend. Andrade was not only man enough to be the legendary Rey Mysterio, but he was man enough to retain his title against Rey Mysterio. So this sets up a match next week. U.S. title. Who called Who called Rey Mysterio. Andrade. <laughs> flawless. Because you are so excited right now, you got your match. Rey, Andrade. Obviously, I'm going to say it's a safe bet that Andrade is going to win this match. What do you think of this match being the ladder match? And do we see this being Ray's last shot at a title? So, I said it. I think it was last week. I said this: the, a ladder match would be perfect between these two. And I and we finally have it. I mean, I'm not I'm not the kind of guy that says I told you so, but I told you so. I'm the new Paul Heyman. Okay, <laughs> I mean, no. sir, when I say. It's a spoiler. You better listen to me because it's a spoiler. I told you about uh, Lesnar entering the Rumble. I told you about mm-hmm. this ladder match. Guys, you gotta start listening to me, okay? No, no, because you've been called... No, no, because you've been called in a dog collar match, and you didn't... No, no, so I'm not giving you credit for that. 2020 is the year of the flawless, okay, one? And wait till the prediction show when I go undefeated and Royal yeah. Rumble and cruise all the way to the finish line at the end of 2020 at like 164 and 0, okay? But I'm loving, 
this match, okay? I can't wait for it. I think Andrade is going to keep the title with a little outside interference of Selena Vega. They're going to get Rey Mysterio's leg caught up in the ladder somehow. Watch it happen because, you know, it is a spoiler, not a prediction. And, you know, Andrade is going to reach up, grab that new United States champion and still remain champion, Andrade. But, Mm. yes, sir, And But I will say this. I do think this is Ray's last major title in WWE. I do think he will leave WWE when his contract is up, though. Mm. Uh, okay, you're not the you're not Paul Heyman. You're you're not that good, sir. Uh, I'm not I'm not that. You've called a few that I will give you. The flawless one has definitely said a few things out there, and it turned out to be true. I will give you that most definitely. Uh, you've been screaming dog collar match, and that ain't happening. And I swear it's to God, happening if it's happening in February. And if it's happening, me and you are going to WWE. We're going to be in an elimination <laughs> chamber match. I'm telling you that now. It's happening. We are going to have a match. Um, but I, I, I got to give you your kudos, man. You, you. This is why you're the encyclopedia of wrestling. Uh, you did call the ladder match. You said it needed to happen. It's happening. I'm, I am, I am so game for it. Um, we. We already know what a rivalry between Andrade and Rey Mysterio is. We are are excited for it. We said these guys can fight 50 times, and we're going to watch them 50 times. And this is match number, I don't know, I'm just guessing, spitballing. This got to be 33. Like, we got to be close to that 50 mark because, man, another match with these two. And now you've made the stipulation that it's a ladder match. And even more importantly, it's for the U.S. championship. I hope we get to see the new title. Uh, maybe they'll save it for the rumble. Who knows? Whatever. But I am game for this ladder match. I can't wait to see it. Next up, I'm going to K Breezy on this one, man, because we got Alistair Black versus Ooh. Buddy Murphy. We, 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 talk, we talk about certain matches, certain matchups. And you know, I, I want to say this, man. Black and Murphy are the hottest thing going to all of the WWE. And yes, I said all of it. Um, hard hitting, strong kicks, powerful counters. I'm even going to go as far as to say that this was a takeover main event quality match. That's how damn good this match was. K Breezy, Black, Murphy, three. What did you think of it? Uh. I think this was the better match of all three. Uh, given and the first match was the first match, but I think this one, now that they've gotten a few matches in, they could really do some things. Uh, that sweep of of Buddy Murphy's legs on the outside when he fell on the barricade, awesome. Yeah, that looked nice. <laughs> when Black when Black tried to uh, run at Buddy Murphy through the uh, through the turnbuckle and Murphy moved and Black almost ran into the pole and he stopped and Murphy then kicked him into the Awesome. He kicked his head into the pole. Awesome. Loved it. I just I just love the fact that they went at each other. I love the fact that they didn't hold anything back. And they and Murphy, you saw the importance of Murphy really trying to beat Alistair Black. Um, my one negative, negative thing about it is that Black won. He shouldn't have won. Uh this I mean, you 
I know you're going to continue to build this story, but Murphy should have won this. Now, yeah, sure, you could say, well, he's been winning other matches, so, you know, his win-losses hasn't been that tarnished, and it hasn't, but he hasn't beaten this guy. Like, I, Aleister Black isn't undefeated. Like, he's already taken losses, so it's not like you got to protect some, un, you know, some undefeated streak with him or anything. Um, I feel like this was the great opportunity for Buddy Murphy to steal a victory. He needed to steal this victory because I don't think that would have looked bad for Black if Buddy Murphy would have just kind of just cheated a little bit to get the victory. That just would have furthered the story and, and made for another match that that will come up later on. Uh, other than that, other than than Buddy Murphy not getting the victory, and and I can kind of understand why not, but other than that, man, this this was an awesome match. Match of the night. Huh, you know what? I love this match from start to finish. Like you said, when uh, Black kicked uh, uh, ah, Buddy Murphy's legs out from underneath him on the barricade, yeah. I was like, okay, that's nice. And then when Black went to go into the pole and then stopped himself and then Murphy kicked him in there, loved that. And also when Murphy was on the top, kind of like going to the top rope on the outside, and Black mm-hmm. hit him with that knee or kick and Murphy yeah. flew off to the barricade. I love that. Uh, I'll tell you this, man. The one thing that really confused... Great match all around. I have a little gripe, but one thing is when Black hit Black Mass on Murphy and went to cover him for the one, two, three the first time, what yeah. happened? That kind of confused my mind. Like, I saw Murphy, like, put his, like, kind of, like, his foot, like, her leg up, like, to kind of kick out, but it was, like, barely a kick out. And they, I don't know if they kind of botched that, but then when Black hit the second Black Mass, like a running Black Mass, I liked it. I told right. you guys last week, I said, I think they have a rematch. Murphy should get the victory. Right. But I, I was a little <clears throat> disappointed. But what happens later on, I'll mm-hmm. tell you why I loved it, and I think it works perfect. But right. all, all around, great match. All right. Well, next up, we got Rowan versus a bum. Needless to say, Rowan wins. Flawless, man. I'm going to finish this one out while, with you. I, while, while Buddy Murphy's still sitting at the ringside. While Buddy Murphy's still sitting at the ringside. And then you got AOP. The Monday Night Messiah Rollins versus Show, Joe, and KO. Oh, remember, God. remember, remember, Buddy Murphy is still at ringside. Man. Flawless, flawless, flawless. What did you think of this match? Uh, AOP, Rollins, Shoujo, KO. And uh, please, man, would you do us all the, 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 the favor in elaborating exactly what happened with the one Mr. Buddy Murphy? So uh, the match itself, okay, you know, everybody's trying to figure out what is a fist fight. Like, it was so crazy that uh, I think it was K- KO even like sent like a tweet to Vince McMahon said, what is, what are the rules of a fist fight? And, you know, it's just like a no hold bar, no disqualification, no count out, no nothing, no pin. Yada, 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 man. I did like how KO and Joe were fighting AOP. And I'll tell you this, man, KO running up that little skateboard ramp of the (laughs) WWE thing, man. And then doing the flip, man, that could have ended in so many ways. It sure could have. But he nailed it. Uh, I liked it, and then Big Show, you know, taking out Rollins, you know, in the ring, and then going up, and then 
Rollins is on the outside, looks at Murphy and says, help us, help us. And then right then and there, I was like, all right, man, Murphy's going to help him. You know, it's, it's a given, you know, we've seen this plenty of times, probably thousands, you know, maybe almost a million times, you know, us, me and K Breeze, a million franchise, a thousand. All right. So <laughs> big show, about to choke slam, Seth Rollins about to go for the knockout punch. And Buddy Murphy comes in and low blows Big Show and helps out Rollins. And then you see AOP taking out Joe and KO, powerbombing uh, uh, KO, I believe it is, on Joe on the announce table. But so they you, took- you, 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 you missed the Swanton bomb off the stage. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe's Swanton bomb. And man, it wasn't a Swanton. It was more like a Senton bomb. Senton, Senton, my but but his legs caught him more than his back did, which was a little weird. Which little you know okay whatever. But you know still nice move. Yeah, so I think that's a- because the table looked a little too close to the stage. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think Joe wanted to hit his head off the ramp. No, you know? not at all. <laughs> but you know when AOP power bombed a KO onto Joe on the announce table, I was like, all right. And then Murphy and Rollins throw Big Show into the table, and then Rollins finishes them off with the stop curb stop. And you see all four of them in the ring together, hold hands, you know, hugging. And I'm like, okay, we were, t- I was talk- we were talking earlier and I said Rollins works better in a group. I think this is a perfect group, these four men. You don't, don't start adding like five or six, you know, yeah. to like five, six or seven people. Four is enough. I think this group might be called the Messiahs of wrestling or something like that. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. But I like this for Murphy. It expla- explains why he lost the black. I think he needs this to push him. When you look at like all the other factions that have happened in uh, history, you look at DX. All right, uh, like say like Murphy's kind of like the X Pac of this group. It propelled him. You look at Evolution. Randy Orton's kind of like the Murphy. Murphy's kind of like the Randy Orton. It propelled Orton. You look at the Nation of Domination. The Rock was kind of like Buddy Murphy or D'Lo Brown. It elevated them. So this can be good for Murphy in the long run, especially with his heel stable. Uh, me and Kay Breezy, and I know Franchise, you grew up, we all grew up with a nice, with a, every wrestling company has to have a stable you know, you had it with Evolution. You had it with Nexus. You had it with the Wyatt family. Had it with the Shield. This one works perfect if it's done correctly. And I think with Heyman's vision, I think it could work. I liked it. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm i not going to lie. When I seen Kevin Owens run up that ramp, I instantly thought, and you'll love this, Flawless, I instantly thought of Derby Allen with his skateboard coming up the ramp and jumping off and just landing on somebody like I it, like I just substituted Kevin Owens and put Derby Allen right there with a skateboard like that's that's instantly what I saw, uh, but that was awesome and like we said it could have went so many ways if his if he would have just slipped just a little <laughs> bit that could have been so bad for Kevin Owens so I'm glad he landed it even though he kind of hit the hit like the top of his shoulder and the back of his head on the concrete but he seemed to have been okay, uh, that was awesome the the sun time off the stage was nice. Uh, Buddy Murphy coming in <clears throat> and and interfering. Uh, I guess this is this will be okay because, like you say, he'll he'll be with a stable. This will get him over a little bit more, and 
Now you've added the big show. Now we're going to add Alistair Black to this already few. So now you've got eight people. And out of these eight people, two, uh, six of them, and I'll say well, five of them, five of them are people that we've been wondering what WWE is going to do with them. I mean, we kind of know where Joe and Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins are. We, we know who they are. We know where they're at. But it's the other people that in this group that we've been wondering what their direction is. is. And I want maybe outside of the big show. We, we didn't know he was even coming back. But everyone else, we wanted to see AOP. We wondered what they were going to do with them. We want to see Buddy Murphy do something, you know, worthwhile. And he's doing that with not only uh, Alistair Black, but apparently now with Seth Rollins. And then, you know, we also got, uh, and then of course, Alistair Black, you know, him not just sitting in a dark room pouting about no one knocking on his door. We're getting new people. We're getting the, the exciting people we want to see. And Heyman is coming up with interesting ways to put them over. And I'm, I'm liking it, man. I, I have no problem with, uh, this raw other than, uh, Maybe the end of the Bobby Lashley, you know, maybe that little bit of stuff. But everything else about this show was worth watching. I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't the best show, but it was definitely worth watching the, the entire three hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this felt like a Paul Heyman show. And when I say that was, you know, he, he took over. Uh, well, he started his role uh, back in July. And, you know, from July through December, it was like Paul Heyman show, Vince show, Paul Heyman and Vince show, uh, Vince show with a little bit of Paul Heyman. This truly felt like, you know, ever since the new year started, it really felt like to me, Vince is kind of really kind of falling back and kind of let Paul do his thing. Still some Vince McMahon shit, obviously, with Alana and Rusev. But I really feel like Vince is like, OK, you know what, Paul, do you. And I really feel like ever since the new year started, Raw, man, Raw has been on the road. And yesterday was probably the the best. You know, it started with the last Raw of the year, uh, of the decade, and now they're, they're continuing it. So, guys, do we see this being the year of Raw as far as between Raw and SmackDown? Do we see this being Raw's year? I, I want Flawless to go, but I will say this right quick. Um, yes, as long as they have the better roster. Uh, they have the better roster. So until we get another draft and they shake things up, Raw will have the better people. They should put on a better product. Uh, we also have to thank the XFL for, you know, Vince McMahon having something to do other than wrestling. Because with that, with that taking off and actually being successful uh, and it also getting ready to start up soon, um, it's clear his focus has shifted. And he's going, he's learning to do something we've been saying, and that's give a little faith that other people can put on a product that folks want to watch. And Heyman knows what to do. He's not perfect. He's got some things that I'm sure people like and don't like, but um, this is, the, we, we, have to, we have to hope that the XFL uh, has some success and it keeps Vince occupied to where Triple H and Paul and Bruce Pritchard, and we're not going to mention Eric Bischoff because when it only we only mention Eric Bischoff when it's going bad. Uh, hopefully, those guys can, you know, shape the new the new era of wrestling. Oh. 
I want to say yes, but I, oh man, I mean, at least, uh, uh, at least up until the draft. Right now, Raw has a nice roster. SmackDown is coming along with a new few additions, but I mean, I think we all can honestly say Raw has the better roster. It's all about how they present it. So I, I'm going to give them that until the next draft. Yeah. Uh... I think I'll say Raw will have a better year than SmackDown because, you know, Vince is always like Raw is the flagship show and you got Heyman on Raw running it. And with Vince going to, with the XFL starting up in a couple weeks, hopefully Vince will be with that and let Raw be just Heyman because Heyman will write Raw, but Vince has to approve everything. And that's the problem. So hopefully Vince just lets Paul do his thing from afar and watch. But, uh, I mean, WWE, we all know it. They want Raw to be number one. And if SmackDown beats them, that's a problem. But also Fox does have influence in WWE. So I could see maybe SmackDown overtaking Raw. But it's too early to tell right now. I will say by WrestleMania season, I'll have a better uh, answer for you. I will say All this. Right. Um, I, I I think and and to, to further push his point, he's right about Fox having more input on the show. And I think because at the time of the draft, and and we have to, you know, remember this. There really wasn't much left on SmackDown when we looked at the SmackDown roster when when they first happened. Yeah, at the time, we had Brock Lesnar. So, you know, there was something there. Then he left, and they switched to, chi- to championships. But Raw still had the better roster. They still had the the the, the better quality of matches and, and people that folks wanted to see. Where on SmackDown, you know, we were getting Shorty Gs and and – and and Tucky Tuckies and and all this other little crap that we we were we were dogging them. I mean we were we we were dogging the hell out of SmackDown. We have been kind of praising it lately because we've got the addition of John Morrison. We got the addition of the Usos back. We got Sheamus coming back. We got Daniel Bryan and his glory. We you know the Fiend is still being the thing. So we're getting we're getting. Uh, more faces on SmackDown that that are one, they're quality wrestlers. Two, you know they're they're, they're popular, so you're, you're going to have that sort of star, star power. Um, like I say, I, I I think SmackDown eventually will have their their come ups, but like I say, right now Raw is going to be the better show uh, to the draft when they can really shake things up. Once the once a few contracts are expired and Folks either resign or leave and they make their call ups. And, you know, because like I say, this is the year where we're going to see folks get called up. We're going to see folks leave and we we're going to get a new direction on what the roster looks like. So when we get to the next draft, I think SmackDown will have a better opportunity then to draft a really quality roster. But right now it's raw until the draft. All right. All right. Well, guys, uh, I think we pretty much wrapped it on up here with this Monday Night Raw review. We have the Royal Rumble coming up a week from Sunday. We uh, need some ratings. Huh? We need some ratings. 
Oh, flawless. You got the ratings, B Dog? I do have the ratings. Last week, Raw was a 2.3. This week, they're a 2.039. Oh, damn. What's going on? Well, I mean, like, was, really? Like... It was the national championship in college oh, yeah, that's football, right. so that took a little yeah. away from it. No, that took a lot away because yeah. that, <laughs> that's the college football championship. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, I, I'm about to say because this, this was a pretty damn good show. This was... This should have had good viewerships. I was expecting you to say like a 2.6 or some shit. Like, damn, they, they really came up. No, but, it wasn't that good. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally forgot about the uh, college football championship. So that, that makes sense on why it was only 2.08. Go ahead, franchise. Oh, my bad. I Y'all went out a little bit of my headphones. I didn't know what the fuck happened. I thought that uh, the whole damn thing cut off. I was about to start slapping this phone. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. So all right, what your thing keeps cutting out again? Man, look, did stop saying up? that, man. Let's, come on, let's let's get this done, man. We we almost finished. Let's get this done. Let's just wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's wrap it up. Yeah, oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> All right, man. Nothing, nothing, man. Nothing. No, I, I can't. I can't offend our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Please don't. Stop offending the sponsors, man. We need. We need their <laughs> contribution. <laughs> All right, man. But real talk, as always, it's an honor and a privilege. It's yours truly, the twenty-six-year-old piece of gold. He's too cold. He's flawless. Peace. The gray one says you can kiss his ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Generational Wrestling Podcast. As always, it's yours truly, the 26-year-old piece of gold franchise, a.k.a. the showstopper. And with me, as always, I got my tag team partners, my brothers, my family, me and my nose. Introducing first up, he is the human encyclopedia of wrestling, the flawless phenomenon. Joe knows everything, flawless Joey V. And across the way, as always, we got the Karma Cody, the light skinned Teddy Pendergrass, aka Mr. Uno, Dos, Three, spin that ass down, K Breezy, better known as Tuco, Kimbro. We are the Generational Wrestling Podcast. Now, can you dig that? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Generation of Wrestling Podcast. As always, it's yours truly, the 26-year-old piece of gold franchise, better known as the Showstopper. And with me as always, I got my tag team partners, my brothers, my family, introducing, first up, we got the human encyclopedia of wrestling, the flawless phenomenon, Joe knows everything, flawless Joey V. And across the way, as always... We got the Carmel Cody, the light-skinned Teddy Pendergrass, a.k.a. Mr. 1, 2, 3. Pin that ass down, K-Breezy, better known as Tuco Kimbro. And we are the Generation of Wrestling Podcast. It's about to go down. Yo. Yo. What is up? What is up? What is up? Man, shit was good, man. You hear me clearly? Yeah. Everything sounds so good so far. All right, bet, bet, bet. Yo, what's up, Flawless? Yo, let me get situated real quick. Situated. 
Excuse my dog. He don't know how to be quiet. Yeah, yeah. You better make that little mutt be quiet. A little mutt don't know how to be quiet. That little mutt will bite you on your ankles. Leave my dog alone. <laughs> Ooh, you got in trouble. <laughs> like a, man, that's yeah. like a rat with legs. He is, but <laughs> a little fat rat with legs. You know, it's hunting season for my husky. So that thing will look like a squirrel to them. Hey, white people are always fucking with people. <laughs> hey, look at he talking. All right. This is a hood dog in the streets. <laughs> oh, man. All right, man. I'm ready when y'all are. I'm ready. All right, All right so we uh we gonna do the NXT right first. I mean not NXT. I'm sorry, AEW first. Yeah, Burns. Yeah, because right, why? Why? Because while we're talking about AEW, I'm gonna watch NXT. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> All right, bet. We already got the intro and everything already done. So well, I'm gonna count it down and then we're good to go. Bet. Let's roll. All right. Let's see where we at. All right. Five. Four, three, two. Ladies and gentlemen, we are doing tonight's edition of the Wednesday Night Dynamite Review Show. Leading us off, as always, for AEW. He is the flawless phenomenon, flawless Joey B. Lead the way. All right. This is the review for the AEW Dynamite from January 15, 2019. We open up AEW, man, with a four-way tag team match. And it's for the number one contenders for the AEW tag team titles. I got to start by saying every AEW match that they usually open up with, man, it starts, it's fire. And I'll tell you this, man, this one didn't disappoint. You had Santana and Ortiz versus Best Friends versus the Young Bucks versus Paige and Omega. That's Adam Hangman, Paige, and Kenny Omega. Woo, man. I love this Fatal 4-Way. It was hot. I'm going to go to a franchise. What would you think of this Fatal 4-Way tag team match? I mean, to me, you know, it was a great way to start it off. I felt like, you know, it was definitely fast-paced. I felt like it was great. You know, a lot of great action, good spots. And I feel like, you know, they actually got a lot of time. You know, they killed a lot of time in the first hour or so. Overall, man, I liked it. And I liked the story they told. I liked uh, how, you know, Paige and Hangman won. But you kind of, you know, they kind of teased a little bit of beef at the end, you know, with uh, who was it, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and, you know, kind of the way that Paige picked up the victory. But overall, man, now I'm kind of confused uh, because I thought we were going to have, you know, Hangman on the decline and uh, become, you know, this drunken character. But he's actually been picking up wins the last few weeks. So I'm kind of interested to see, you know, what they do with this team of uh, Hangman, Paige, and uh, Kenny Omega. All right. Okay, Breezy. So uh lot of lots of spots. Uh pace was on off the charts. Uh everybody was everywhere. <laughs> they they were just all over every side of the ring, on outside of the ring, top of the road, middle of the road, bottom of the road. They they were all over the place. Um the winners, I'm I'm okay with Omega and Hangman. I think this is going to continue to build into that story that we've been talking about as far as Hangman, but I also kind of noticed. I think I got a different opinion on it. I'm not 100% so he may turn heel. 
I'm thinking he wants to be on his own or he wants to be able to establish himself. And I think he that's why he kind of wants to distance himself from the elite. Like he wants right. to be able to say he, he's building himself on his own. It, it, it's not off the backs of these guys. And I kind of saw that where it wasn't like you won, but yet even though that you won and you got an opportunity for the titles next week, uh, mm-hmm. there was still that distance to want to be a part of the elite. And I think that's just what it is. So there could be a heel turn. It could be like a minor, small little heel turn, but I think it's just now it's starting to think it's more of, of him just wanting to prove that he is as good as he thinks he is and, uh, and more. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Flawless. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, like Hangman page, like is coming off like these past couple of weeks, like, as a feeling like he's underappreciated, you know, like people don't think he's good anymore because he lost to Jericho for the, I mean, for the AEW world championship. And like, if you notice in the match, like he was mad when I think it was Nick Jackson didn't tag him in and tagged in Kenny Omega. Like, he's like, what the hell I'm calling to be tagged in. And, um, I'll tell you this, man. Like I thought, Santana Ortiz would have got the victory. I think they deserved it more because of, you know, they're in the inner circle. It's a power faction over there, and, you know, they haven't been doing anything. So I figured you could, you could have had the uh, Santana and Ortiz win this match to go on to face um, SCU. So I feel kind of bad for them. But, you know, they still showed out. Yeah, and yeah, I think um, for right now, the, the story is Paige. Right now, the bigger story is Paige. Yeah, you could have did the inner circle, but I think uh, the inner circle doesn't really have too much of a of a story with SCU. Like right now, SCU's story is kind of really the dark order. It's kind of, you know, what happened from there and part of uh, the Lucha Bros with Christopher Daniels. So I think that's kind of the direction they want to go as far as those guys. Um, but I don't – the reason why I don't see Santana and Ortiz, because like I said, they don't have a story directed with the tag titles. If they were sending them out to go after the tag champions and they had beef with them and they were jumping them from back, I would I would totally agree with you 100%. But not seeing anything um, right now, I think they're just – they're part of the inner circle. They're going to come out and put on good matches. They're going to win a few matches. They They – they took the loss on this one. No, they didn't take the loss. The best friends took the loss. Uh, but they, they they got TV time. Um, I think once they push past this Hangman and Omega, because um, I, I, I'm not sure if they're going to win, and I think that's what's going to set uh, Hangman over because they don't win the tag titles. So then that's going to push him over to even distance himself even more and possibly go heel. Um Cause the beer, the beer, the drinking of the beer, like Omega, like Omega took one beer from him and he went back and got another one. So it's like that. No, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh, I don't do things the way y'all do. And it don't just seem like it's just an issue with Omega. It really seems like it's, he's, he just don't want to be, uh, he doesn't want the, 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 the shadow of the elite to overshadow him. And yeah, and, and that's the vibe I'm getting because I don't know if you guys I, I can't remember if it was last week or maybe the week before, but uh, it was the elite, you know, celebrating at the end of Dynamite. And you know, you got Hangman Page kind of hanging off to you know, hanging off in the corner, and everybody's kind of like, you know, come on over, man. He like, ah, man, I'm good. So, you know, I think kind of what you said, you know, uh, Tuco, man, it might not necessarily be 
much of a heel turn. Or it might be. But I think it's kind of like you said, you know, it's him kind of, you know, getting the short end of the stick and kind of wanting to prove he can't hang out on his own. So, uh, you know, I, I'm ready to see what they do with it. But I'm, I'm glad he's starting the year off strong. You know, it's crazy. Like, we may not think, like, we're thinking, like, man, it could be a heel turn. But maybe it's not. But then right when we think it's not going to be a heel turn, like, AEW could just flip the switch and make it a heel turn where it catches but, us off guard. But you know what? And, and that's what I like about AEW. Because, you know, with WWE, we've gotten so so used to how they do business, man. It's kind of like you can predict the story months ahead of time, you know. Uh, with AEW, you really kind of don't know which way they're going when. And, and that's what I like because, you know, they are listening to the fans to a degree. So it's like, all right, you, this could be hot shit one week, and then next week, you know, they cool off on it. Then they could bring it back, you know, kind of like what they did with the Dark Order. So, you know, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and and also, and before you go, I, I also think that because with AEW, um, when they turn somebody, it's like a true shock and surprise. Mm-hmm. With WWE, we always question why you change someone's uh, preference. Like with The Miz, you know, we, we we it was okay for the moment, but to make him a full face, we wondered why do that because that that's not his character. That's not that's not the guy that's getting over. And right. you know, we, we want to see the heel Miz. So with WWE, it's just more of a why did you change him or you know why did you mess with this character? Where AW, uh, they're 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 real. I, like Moxley, okay. Moxley was a true heel, I, but he's so uh, see he's such of a favorite that now it's like you cheer for him, and now he even embraces it to a to a degree. You know, even if he still comes out and still this is the uh, fans, they will probably still cheer him, and you know he'll still go through the crowd, and he just that persona of who he is changes what they wanted to make from him. So I could see what Flawless is saying about Hangman being that heel. Because in a way, you kind of need that top hill again. I mean, yeah, you had Jericho, but you had Moxley. And then you had Ken, uh, Cody, and then you had Omega. So you right. kind of had your nice set of heels and faces. You kind of lost the heel with Moxley. So now maybe you create another one with Hangman, and you use Omega as a good push. Most definitely. All right, moving on. We Next, we get, man, probably the guy that gets the loudest pop in AEW. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, man, cuts a promo on MJF. And I like to think that Cody is probably top two talkers right now in the business. The way, like, you feel him, like, when he's talking, like, emotionally. Like, like he just lets his emotions out in these promos. Like, you know, he's talking about, like, all the outlandish things that MJF wants him to do. And, you know, he, he agreed to it. He said, yeah, I'll do the cage match with Wardlow. But he's picking the date. And it's, I guess it's going to be in February in Atlanta. I'm not sure the date. I think it's February 15th. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. February 18th. I, I know it's like a week or two before their pay-per-view revolution. But he's talking about MJF. And he's like, man, you're really lazy with these demands. You're like an old school heel lazy. Okay, uh, huh. Breezy. Do you happen to see the promo? What'd you think? I didn't. I didn't. I saw the promo, but I didn't really listen to it. I was trying to get through the, trying to get through the show a little bit. Um, so uh, give me a little bit more detail on what he really said to him. <clears throat> uh, franchise, your thoughts? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, so, so, you know, I, I, I did got you hear me? Yeah, I, I got okay. I'm, I'm about to say, like, wait a minute, like, did, did he not hear what I said? Like, wait a minute, <laughs> like, how's the AEW guy not gonna tell me what the AEW guy said? <laughs> nah, what's going on? So, pretty much, you know, to kind of you know, back up with Flawless was saying, you know, Cody came out to the ring and you know, he was basically saying, you know, how. A lot of the old school guys, a lot of the part timers, a lot of the vets in the back, and just in general in the industry, they say you know MJF, he's pretty much got that old school heel heat, you know, uh, and, and, okay. and, and, and and you know uh, Cody was pretty much like you know, hey, I mean that's cool and all, and he was like, but the thing is, is it really old school heat or is it because you're lazy? And he's pretty <laughs> much saying, you know, it's not because you're lazy because you want to be lazy. He was like. You know, less is more because you're incapable of doing more. And, you know, he was really just going at the dudes and room work. But pretty much saying that that's the only thing he got going for him is the character itself. You know, man, Cody was taking uh-huh. a lot of shots. You know, uh, okay. it, it's kind of like how you say, you know, with Sammy Guevara, how he comes out all lackadaisical. The only difference is, you know, Sammy Guevara can go 100 miles an hour. And kind of Cody was pretty much saying, like, dude, you're this way because you really can't do shit else in the ring. <laughs> And that's pretty much how you laid it down. <laughs> okay. Now, that, that that's what I was looking for, Flawless. I heard what you said. I just wanted a little bit more deep depth into that conversation. All right. <laughs> now, that, 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 that brings a little bit more intrigue uh, just by him, Cody, going at this kid like this. Because, honestly, he's, he's right. I, for me, he's right. Uh, because we don't see MJF wrestle like it would be nice if he came out and wrestled every other week. He doesn't even do that. So, um, yeah, that 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 type of a promo, yeah, that I'm, he's going to have to come back, and he's going to have to come back really good. Like, he's going to have to come back really, really strong um, whenever he does. I Even if he did it in the rest of the show or, you know, if he if he does it next week or, you know, he, he's got to – he's going to have to step up, step up uh, beyond whatever he's doing with Paige. But but you know it's funny it's it's funny you said that because until just now I'm I'm trying to think I really can't remember the last time he wrestled consecutively on TV. But it's, no, I feel, and, I, I feel, I, but it's weird because I feel like I see him every week, but I don't. <laughs> because he's been coming out and he's been either cutting a promo backstage or he he came to the ring you know to do the two promos and that was it. But other than that, you haven't really seen him wrestle since. Since he won the uh, the ring from when he beat Hangman Page for the uh, All Elite uh, the ring he wears, right, 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 right. That was the last time I remember seeing him wrestle. I unless he's been doing dark matches. And you know what? Now, now that I think about it, that probably is the last time I seen him. Mm. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Next up, we get a women's tag team match. It was Chris Statlander and Sheeta. Versus Mel, and it was supposed to be Awesome Kong, but, you know, I guess she's not medically cleared. So, it was Brandy. I think this would have been better if Kong was in the match, but because Brandy was in the match, and Brandy's not, you know, not experienced enough, I'd say, as, like, Kong, you know, and, like, has that. I mean, it was pretty, like, a mediocre match with Statlander getting the pin, of course. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so uh, franchise, what do you think of this? 
Um, yeah, man, I was very disappointed in the match. I mean, you know, especially because we just had, I think, that uh, that battle royal a few weeks ago uh, with Chris Statlander and Sheeta, and I was saying how much of a fan I've become, especially of Sheeta. Um, even, you know, even, even Mel, you know, uh, the one thing I noticed is that she took the majority of the offense in this match, uh, with Brandy Rose. And I get what they're trying to do with Brandy, I understand, but you know, it's day that she's head and shoulders far beyond. And when I say beyond, I mean in the reverse, in the worst way possible, <laughs> behind the rest of the AEW women's division. Uh, this match, man, it was painful to watch. Uh, very sloppy, and I feel like really, honestly, man, it was just there to kill time. Uh, Statlander won, of course, via Big Bang Theory. But overall, man, I just feel like the chemistry was off. I feel like Sheeta, she was off. Statlander was off. Brandy Rose wasn't even anywhere in the equation mentally. Uh, and Mill just looked like just a big-ass woman out there with a bald head. So, uh, overall, man, I get this match two out of five. It could have been I mean, I think, like you said, had it been someone other than Brandy Rose, I think mm. that would have changed the outcome of the match. You know, okay, before I go to Kate Breezy, uh, I remember somebody, you know, said something about Brandy Rose. Like, it was like a camera shot of Brandy Rose on the apron. Yeah. And they showed her backside. And, you know, and Brandy, like, tweeted that out and said, yeah, so much cake, they call me buttercream. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, like, what, so much pancake? Like, no, like so much cake, you know, like they were showing like, like her behind, you know, on the apron. She ain't got no behind. <laughs> like, man, she, she man, Brandy Rose is flat. No, 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 uh uh-uh. uh. She ain't got no cake. Hey, That's hey, a she, got, she, she got one of them, you know, like the little pounds. She got flat jack. You know, I, I understand. I understand. K Breezy got to be a good boy right now. But all right, you go ahead, K Breezy. What do you think of this match? Uh, same thing. <laughs> Get you. Miss K Breezy. We playing Miss K Breezy. We playing. We playing. I don't care. He can talk about booties. <laughs> I see. I got hey, a good one. Go ahead, uh, <laughs> I know, well, I know. I meant what I said. Like she ain't got nothing back there. Like, like she's 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 beautiful. She's you know she's attractive, but uh, yeah, she no no she she lacking the cakes. Um, hey, so no, no, no yams. She got, she got, she got, yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, the match, though, I didn't care for this match. Uh, one, she looked terrible. Yeah. Uh, Statliner looked, like you say, Statliner looked at loss because she didn't look at loss. Um, I, it just, it fell flat. Um, I'd rather seen Rio come out there and fight somebody. I, 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 it, yeah, this was, um, <laughs> Yeah, this this was this was not this, compared. Okay, compared to what they've been doing mm-hmm. for the past couple of weeks, and I and they've been doing great for the past couple of weeks. Right. Um, this this was this was definitely a uh, a downer. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> After that, we move on to the next match, which is Sammy Guevara versus John mm-hmm. Moxley himself, and Moxley comes out with his new. Ford GT. Hold on, hey, uh, got, hold on. I, I got a question. Got a question. Yeah. Uh, it, did did we touch on the uh, the Joey Janela who we fight next week? Oh no, I mean I forgot about the promo. You know, I mean we could talk about you know his little 
uh, I didn't really want to get into like the promo. Like it was just like a little cheap thing. But I mean, we could if we want to. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, I don't know if K Breezy. You know, just because no K Breezy. You know, this is boy. You know, he fighting next week. You know, I just, you know, just Joey Janela versus. No, 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 no. Janela, okay. Nah, he, no, no, he, no, all no, right. no, I'm, I'm talking about Ray Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix. Oh, well, you know, they, 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 oh, yeah, we can talk about Phoenix anytime we want. You know, we can talk about him all day. Uh, but now nah, you ain't got to really, you know, uh, I mean, I, what do I expect? I expect Ray Phoenix to pick up the victory, especially if, even if, uh, especially for the fact that they've been losing the last couple of weeks, which I've been upset about, though. I'm not worried about nothing. You know, it is what it is. We can keep it pushing. Let's run. All right. So Moxley comes out with that first match against Sammy Guevara. Man, I gotta say, man, I like this match. Like, it, yeah. was, it was a good match all around. Uh, let me see. I went with Cabrizi. Uh, last time I got a franchise. Franchise, what did you think of this match between these two? You know what? It actually was a, um, it, it was different in a good way. I thought Moxley was gonna beat the dog shit out of Sammy Guevara, but actually, man, Guevara <laughs> got a lot of offense in him. He looked real aggressive. Um, this goes back to that that topic that we talk about all the time. Pace. This had really good pace, and I liked how uh, how Moxley he really sold for Guevara. I obviously Moxley's the bigger, uh, stronger competitor. He made Guevara look like a threat. Uh, Guevara yeah. didn't look as lazy. Well, I'm not gonna say lazy. He didn't look as lackadaisical in the ring. You know, you could tell mm-hmm. he really, you could tell he really took this seriously. And this is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see that aggressiveness from Sammy Guevara, and that's what I got. Um, other than that, man, I would probably say this is one of my top two matches of the night. Oh, um, yeah, I would. Yeah, I yeah, because that tag match was that tag match was that uh, fatal four was pretty nice. Um, yeah, so Guevara was definitely not so lackadaisical like uh, franchise. I said he definitely. Okay, them them Ric Flair struts was terrible. I ain't gonna lie, <laughs> <laughs> the Ric Flair struts were terrible, but. He, you know, he did. Um, he did have a certain pace that I like, and it was it was almost methodical. Like this, this type of pace was more methodical than the, the the previous matches where it seems more. You know, yeah, I, his he's arrogant, but his right. arrogance is just a little. It takes too long for him to be arrogant. Like I think that's what it is. His arrogance just takes too long sometimes, and it it he just needs to hit it in certain spots. And I felt like he just hit it in certain spots. But yet, because of Moxley, who he is, you know, you really can't take too much time and just let him lay there. You know, you got to really get on him. So I think that aspect of just looking at it from that aspect of it, mm-hmm. uh, who it is, what he had to do, you know, you know, the match back and forth. Uh, it was good. I liked it. Uh, the ending was uh, it was very typical. I mean, they had to they had to get over on him. My yeah. only thing is uh, I wouldn't have had the lights cut off. I would have had one guy come down the ramp, one guy come one down one aisle of the uh, stairs, another guy come down the other aisle of the stairs. Like I would have had everybody come from like the four corners of the of the stairway to the ring, and I just would have had them come down that way. I wouldn't have had them come up. You know, it, you you're the inner circle. You're just a bunch of dudes. You're, there's nothing supernatural about you. Uh, but that's just me personally. Um, you know, it it, it could have been a lot of people could have liked the way they did it. I could have. I thought they could have did it a little different. But you know, I, I feel like the lights off was very WWE. I feel like every time WWE has like you know a surprise group attack, nine times out of ten they hitting the lights. 
that's you know, I, I kind of don't like that. Like you said, you know, I feel like if it just came down to the ring and start whooping ass, and you know, that would that would have been just as effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like the spike to the eye. I thought that worked storyline yeah. going forward, but it was crazy because. I was confused because they announced this match and they said the winner of this match is going to face the winner of the main event, which is Darby Allen and Pac, and then the winner goes on next week. Right. The winner of that match faces Jericho for the title. So I was like, hold on. How did Darby Allen, you know, and Sammy Guevara, like... Get put in these yeah. matches? Yeah. Well, because it's- because it's... it. This is all of the people they have in this title picture. You can't use Cody... Because he can't fight for the championship. So he's out. So you got to put in your next best person. Well, obviously, that's Moxley. So now you got Moxley. And then now you got to say, well, who else do we have? You got Pac. Well, you got Omega in a tag team with uh, Hangman. So you can't use him. Right. Young Bucks are Young Bucks. Uh, Scorpio Sky tagging up with uh, Kazarian. Christopher Daniels is not worthy of a title shot because he's been losing lately. So there's certain guys you're looking at and you're saying, well, who do we have? Well, you got Darby Allen, who's popular, who's won, who's, you know, someone you can give this opportunity to, which he's gotten one and shown you what he can do. And then you got Guevara, who's just in the inner circle. And that just builds on the story between him and Moxley and Moxley in the inner circle. So that's, that's more for me. That's more of what that match was about. Uh, I mean, sure, you can say you're adding a stipulation, but I think we all knew who the number one ranked person is, and that's Moxley. So mm-hmm. obviously, he's, he's going to get the uh, the opportunity to have, be number one contender with Pac. Uh, this just further builds his rant that he's been on that he should get. He should have been gotten the opportunity because when he was four and zero, five and zero, I think six and zero before he took his first loss. Um, he should have gotten a, a world title opportunity and he never got it. And then he lost to Omega and he's been getting on Omega about giving him the rematch. So this only, you know, I guess kind of pacifies him, you know, but mm-hmm. clearly uh, I think we're going to get something back from Omega towards Pac uh, yeah. next week. We'll, you know, we'll wait and see, but even though it's going to be on the cruise ship, but you know, we'll wait and see how that and I'm interested to see how it's, how that's going to look on TV with them on the cruise ship. I'm I'm wondering what that crowd and setup is going to look like. Yeah. yeah. Too bad it's not in Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll stay. Yeah. All right. Well, next match we get six man tag. We have mm. the Butcher and the Blade with Bunny and MJF versus. QT Marshall, Dustin Rhodes, and Diamond Dallas Page. <sighs> All right. Okay, match. I will say this. Diamond Dallas Page, you know how they say Terry Funk's like middle-aged and crazy. I think yeah, that, that, he's kind of at that level, too, when he jumped off the top rope on all of them. But, man, like yeah. he's moving in stereo right now. I mean, he looks good for his age, no doubt, with the DDP yoga. You know, but. You know, it's a, it's a shell of him himself, but he still got a good pop. Uh, okay, Breezy, what do you think of this match? Uh, it was an okay tag match. Uh, that that's about it. <laughs> it was, it it was just an okay tag match. Um, it was nice to see DDP. You know, hit a couple of moves. Definitely hit a nice little diamond cutter. Yeah. 
uh, the top rope. I, I just like when he pushed the uh, the bunny <laughs> when she thought she was going to get on the top. He's like, nah, nah, and just gave her a little mush on top of her head. <laughs> she just fell down. <laughs> like, no, nah, I'm about to get up here. And yeah, uh, it, it, it was it was a nice cheap pop. It was it. it <laughs> I don't know why, man. It, it just felt like it was just a um, it was like one of those uh, shows in a, in a, in a gymnasium, <laughs> like some old wrestler just going up doing one big wrestling move. Like it just had that feel to me. Like, you know, he just, it, and, but it was cool. Cause I guess we know everybody just got up to come together just for him to do it. It was like, you, you guys aren't even going to fight. Normally the formula is you fight each other into a group all together. So then the person coming off the top rope can land on everybody. Not everyone get up and just hug each other. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, like I say, I, I nitpick, but I do it with both, with, with both companies. But um, other than that, it was just a good match, man. All right. Franchise. Well, you know, I think the highlight of the match was, you know, MJF and his shirt when it said, I bang DDP's daughter. I thought that was kind of fucked up. Yeah, that was fucked <laughs> That was that was that was totally fucked up. And, and, and speaking of fucked up, you know, Jr. You know, when he called MJF a boy on the ass of life, I thought that shit was a little. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but overall, man, yeah, the, the match the match was what it was. It was nice to see DDP hit a sixty year old flying crossbody. Uh, other than that, man, I, it was what it was. You know, Dustin Rhodes is my guy, but goddamn, if I see you hit another Canadian destroyer, I'm a Throw my damn phone at the TV. <laughs> See, I, I I told you, I I said that. I said, man, I hate that this has now become an everything move with everybody. Like it, it it is it. Oh no, it was one thing when Ray Mysterio was doing it because right. he was only doing it pretty much with certain people in certain matches. Well, he wasn't doing it all the time. I will tell you this, man. It's not like really a Canadian destroyer because you got to hit out. You got to hold him like for like a pile driver and flip. People are just going on each other's backs and doing the flip. I mean, yeah. because that, but that's the late. That's kind of the laziness of it. Because when Dustin does it, I mean, he's tall, but mm-hmm. I mean, dude, you're 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 only so much you can get a jump and flip, you know, with the other guy, you know, helping you and everything. So, um, uh, it's it's, uh, I just don't want to. It's it's such a special move that when it happens, it may it blows your mind. It it, it just it it gets you. Uh, uh, caught up, it get, it, catch, it catches you off guard, and now it's just so it's just so regular. It, it's becoming regular, and I and I hate that because I I hate that for the super kick because the super kick was the move that was that was the move that only one man did, and no one else did it. I mean, if anyone else did it, you know, Stephen Richardson did it, but you know he wouldn't do it too often. But so. Now it's it's done by everybody, and now the Canadian destroyer is now being done, and it's it it, it I don't care what where they land, it, mm-hmm. it's the Canadian destroyer, and and you're you're killing the the buzz about. It. I will say this, man, MJF did get up, get did get the roll up of death. So yeah, well, of course. He, I mean, he ain't been doing much else. I mean, what, what else has he been doing? He's he's. I mean, look, like I said, Cody's promo, uh, kind of hits on the point of. You know what he was saying about MJF and the fact that this was his first match, and we were just talking about it. His first match since he fought Hangman Page. Ooh, dang, that's messed up. Uh, yeah, that that's ah, that. It, I, I want to see more of him. I, like, I really want to see more of his in ring work. Like for what he did 
yeah, it was typical heel, but it was six man heel. So you only did so much and then you get back out the ring. So I want to see him hold a match and, and see what he can do against somebody that can, you know, hold their own. Hey, guys, really, really, really quick before we move on. I got somebody here, man, who wants to give y'all a special shout out. So give me a second. All right, go ahead, baby girl. It's, it's the Gavaronius. What's happening, mama? What's up with you, little franchise? You, you all right? Your arm doing good? Yes. Did your okay. daddy get you ice cream at McDonald's? Yes. Good, dad. Okay, he better. Yeah, good, good. And he gave me candy. Oh, Ooh. what kind of candy? Um, Sour Package. Oh. <laughs> Are you going to oh, share man. with me? Yeah. Yeah, mm. <laughs> to think about that was like, I don't, I don't know. I ain't got but so many left. <laughs> All right, you're going to tell okay, right. Reason and Flawless going to tell them bye? Bye. Bye. See you later, little mama. All right, baby. See you later. Daddy got to finish. See ya. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right, guys. Go ahead, uh, Flawless. Do your thing, baby. All right. Well, before I get into the main event, I want to get into a little promo with Jericho backstage where the backstage woman announcer is catching up with Jericho as he's leaving, you know, and he's talking about, you know, how Moxie deserved everything he got and he brought it on to himself. And I like how when he's leaving, Sammy looks at her and is like, call me, call me. <laughs> like, I just thought that was hilarious. How hey, Sammy's been doing it with, like, all these, with all these females, <laughs> like with Selma Hayek and everything. <laughs> and Vanessa Hutchinson with the cue cards, Camila Kabbalah. Like, <laughs> damn, where was I? I missed those three. <laughs> oh yeah, someone like, he, he told him like he was looking for if you looking for a one night stand. That was last week. <laughs> yeah, some Selma Hyatt was last week, and this week he had Vanessa Hutchinson. He was sending her uh, his uh, Instagram. Oh wow! <laughs> All right, well, moving on, we get the main event of the night. Darby Allen versus Pack. Whew, man. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal, right, I'm brutal. I'm, I'm finishing it up right now. Like, I'm still in the middle of it. <laughs> like, All right, man. I'm going to go to franchise, man. I got to tell you, man. Crazy pace, man. What would you think of this match? Yo, Darby Allen, Darby Allen. Hey, look, let me tell you this. You know, um, I thought of Darby Allen as just a hardcore death match, man. This match, man, proved he can go toe-to-toe with anybody. You know, him and Pac, they had outstanding chemistry. Uh, Allen started off the match strong, got a crazy huge pop at the beginning during this intro. Uh, Like K-Breezy, and like you said, extremely brutal, extremely. Uh, There was a point in the match, and I'm not sure if K-Breezy made it yet, where Allen hit a crucifix powerbomb. Mm -hmm. I just, just seen it. I was trying (laughs) to. I was trying to hold back my mo. I didn't want to cut you off, and I didn't want to come over you because I it had just happened. I'm like, ooh, and he just hit the to- uh the, uh, the coffin, coffin drop. <laughs> yeah, that's that's nice. Uh, but the one before that, when he power bound them on the stairs on the outside, man, yeah, yo, yeah. on the edge that, of the step. Look, man, I don't know how long this dude's career is gonna be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm really starting. You know, we used to think about that when for Jeff Hardy. Like, how long is he going to go? And he, or he's going a long way. Make right. So, but this dude here, uh-uh, Alan, no, mm, no. If he continues that backdrop like that, man, I, 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 I'm not sure. 
and and the, and, the thing sure. is the, and the thing is with the backdrop, like he's completely free falling. It's not even like he's bracing himself. He just kind of just jumps back and say, "Fuck it." <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh crazy. But uh, okay, Reese, you want to add anything or no? No, go ahead. You, you, you can talk about it. I mean, say what you got to say, man. I mean, it's cool. Uh, I, well, pack one, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, pack yeah. one with the. Uh, <laughs> man, pack one. That's cool. Pack one, and it's crazy because you know, like at the end, pack wins, and they show Moxley in the ambulance about to leave, but he comes out like he gets out of the ambulance and walks to the ring, and he tells Pack. Man, it's going to be me and you next week. You know? <laughs> and it's crazy to think that they're going to go, you know, next week on the cruise because those two are going to fight to see who faces Jericho. And I'm like, yes, but you know what? It also got me thinking, do you remember on Dynamite when those two fought to a time limit? Uh-huh. TV time limit? Uh-huh. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, yeah, there was no victory because and Moxley was was cussing him and complaining. Yeah, and about that's it. when he uh, right. gave the ref the paradigm shift. Uh huh. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this just makes it even better. Yeah, that's going to be the main event. Not yeah. gonna see. But yeah. that was the end of AEW Dynamite. Any final words from anybody before I do these ratings? No, uh, I three, three, three very, very, very great matches. Um, the fatal four way, of course, uh Guevara versus um Moxley and and then Pac versus Allen, man. That was uh ugh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that was nasty. <laughs> that that was just nasty, man. A few nasty falls, but other than that, very good show. Uh, I say a good three out of five. Uh what was those good old ratings, uh flawless? Well, first I wanna say this, man. I forgot to mention Orange Cassidy in that fatal four way. Because without um, him, the suplex wouldn't have happened. Yeah. <laughs> Franchise, yeah, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, man. AEW, they've been on the road ever since the start of – well, you know what? The end of 2019, man, especially since the start of 2020, they've been on the road. You know, uh, I know you're going to tell us exactly what happened with the ratings, so I'm going to let you go ahead and say that, man. Go handle your business. All right. Well, last week they did 947,000. Mm-hmm. Not bad. This week they went down a little, but not by much. They only get they got nine hundred and forty thousand. Mm. Well, like I said, man, it's going to be a slow, steady climb, and this is consecutive weeks of of a buildup, mm-hmm. and, and and where the ratings have gone to almost a million. And so, like I say, once they this is a true sign that they are they are pulling people from WWE like that that yes, folks are even even with NXT coming on and, and, and NXT is NXT okay let's be honest it, you know that is the that is the greatness of when I won't say greatness but that's the best wrestling that WWE has had for the past uh, few years where you know p- people prefer to watch that over the Raw and SmackDown. So for that show to be the staple, it's always been to get an extra hour. Now, mind you, yeah, they do put on a few people who, you know, people may not know, but you still get to see all the stars that you want to see. Um, 
I thought, and I honestly thought that the ratings for them would be, you know, a lot higher towards what this AEW ratings were, but uh, that's not so much the case, which is, which is letting me know and which is showing me, man, that um, yeah, folks are starting to give AEW an opportunity. There's they're, they're giving them a chance. They're they're I'm sure they're seeing some hokey stuff that, you know, they're like, eh, you know, I can do without that, but they're seeing a lot of great talent, different talent, not just the same people week in and week out. You're getting different people and you're getting exciting matches. And like Fran, uh, Flawless said, every week they start their, their first match is always a good match. It's always a three and a half to four and a half, five star match every week. So that's a that's a great plus And that's a great way to set up the rest of your show and make people want to watch. So, well, well, speaking of making people want to watch, you know, I I think, you know, it's safe to say, you know, we found out earlier in the week that uh, AEW will be getting a second show. Um, Mm -hmm. So, speak, you know, you called it, K Breezy. You know, you Mm -hmm. called it. It definitely happened a lot earlier. I think we all anticipated, what, four or five months in? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so this second show, do, do we see this? being on the same level as dynamite somewhat i think it's a, a it, it'd be on a big stage because it's going to be on i believe uh tbs right uh, but, Flawless? uh it, tnt right now is like the favorite but they're not ruling out tbs <laughs> okay so so with that being said okay either either channel uh, you're going to get viewership because now you already have a viewership for uh, for, 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 for uh, Dynamite. So, therefore, with the dark matches being on YouTube and you getting the, the, the thousands upon thousands of them watching that, now you get to put on another show for about an hour where you kind of give some of those folks that would show up on Dynamite, they get to show up here and other people. Maybe you get to see the... Dinos, the, the Lucha Dinosaurs, you know, a little bit more. Maybe you get to see uh, the Lucha Bros a little bit more. Maybe you'll see SCU a little yep. bit more. You'll yep. get to see other people wrestle and and just put on a good uh, at least 10, I say 10 to 15 minutes, you know, match. You, you'll probably get two to three matches. It's only going to be an hour. And then, you'll, you know, you'll get some stuff to push further other stories. All right. Can I ask you guys this? Okay. Now, do we see this kind of like, you know, when WWE, when they got rid of the brand split originally, how they kind of had, you know, it was like Raw and SmackDown guys on Raw and SmackDown all the time? Or do you see this as a true, like, okay, this is AEW Dynamite and this is whatever show this is? This is going to, I don't think it'll be a brand split because they don't have enough people for it. It won't, or it won't come off like that. This okay. would just really be a show where, yeah, you'll get Chris Jericho every now and then, but maybe not all the time. Or maybe it'll be a, or maybe it'll be a setup for, uh, where they'll do matches on one show and then something will happen where they'll set it up for the next show. So let's say, okay, like we'll t- I'll take Moxie for example. So let's say Moxie, okay, Moxie got jumped. Well, let's say the next show comes on Sunday. Well, let's say they set up a match between him and Ortiz or him in a rematch versus Guevara, you know, or something like that. Like you, you kind of build a little something and you set up for the next show. So therefore now you, you brought in an interest, like you, you got people saying, okay, well 
the, the fatal four way. Let's say Santana and Ortiz is, is upset and they want a shot at uh, Omega and uh, Paige. OK, boom. Well, now you set that up for the next show. So now on that next show, you're going to get that as a tag team main event. Like you can do little stuff like that where you set up and you just you, you give guys opportunity elsewhere. Yeah, like you could look at like a guy like maybe like Kip Sabian, Joey Janela, like a few mm-hmm. like the guys that are on like AEW Dark that are not on Dynamite like every week. They can be on this one hour program, but you could still have like the pay Adam Hangman page. You could still have like a pack, you know, or Young Bucks on there. I mean, I don't think it'll be a split. I mean, it'll probably be the same as Dynamite, just not as much people. It'll be like an okay. extension of what Dynamite is. Yeah, I yeah, I could definitely see that. I want to bring up one thing with you guys. Uh, I want to bring up the Dark Order right quick. So they're speculating that there's a particular leader of the Dark Order. And there are certain people who has been released and contracts will be released very Whoa. soon. So uh, any, I, I'm thinking of two guys, but I'm really thinking of one. I'm thinking of one in particular person that may particular that may come out to be the uh potential leader of the dark order. And okay. I think we already talked about it. We already said his name. And I'm gonna go ahead and just say it's broken hardy. Yeah. I think we're gonna get this broken because if you've been watching his videos lately, mm-hmm. he's been in limbo. He's been he's he's he he he's been stuck in a different plane somewhere and he he you know so I, I don't know if this is a subliminal message where yeah he's doing it and he's still with WWE but it'll it'll eventually uh, uh lead into uh him leaving and going to there or the wild card of it could be Luke Harper but yeah. I don't know yeah we brought it up like I said it could be Matt Hardy that's probably like I'll say it's probably like 70% Hardy and 30% it could be Brody Lee who is the former Luke Harper but I right. think Hardy makes the most sense because of his Twitter and how the Dark Order, like one of the guys said, broken. But the way, he, no, he said wonderful, but the way he said it was like Matt Hardy-ish, like broken Hardy. So it could it could line up, but you know, AEW can always swerve you. But I'll tell you this, man, if it is Matt Hardy, it would be nice. Yeah, that would be. That would be nice, and that would definitely be... Uh something different now the question would just be how long would it be before jeff um before his contract is up but he's injured so you know he's going to get time at it especially if it is turn out to be matt hardy that goes to AEW. you know wwe is going to add time yeah. to his contract. so it'll be a little bit longer uh but is there anybody else that you can think of that's not in WWE and not getting released from there, that's somewhere else that could potentially uh, be the leader of this group? I know Brian Cage is AEW bound. He left TNA, but I don't see Brian Cage as like a Dark Order leader. Hell no, man. I, think, I, thought, I thought Marty Skrull would have been perfect. Like well, that would have been so great. Bad. Yeah. This is his original plan before he uh he re-upped with uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. But well, I, I, I think Matt Hardy. You know, I think if he do decide to leave, which I'm I'm pretty sure he is, if he decides to leave, it just makes sense, man. You know, you got the whole broken universe right there in the, in the dark order. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. I, that, I, I, other than that, man, I got nothing else. I was, you know, just curious of a few things. Uh, you know, want to throw it out there. Yeah, and uh, if, if people are wondering why we bring up the AEW, like the one hour that they're going to have, it's because TNT signed AEW to 2023, extended them with a second show. Don't know what day it's going to be, but a second show will be coming, and they officially signed Taz, which I am so excited for. Hell yeah, I seen it. I'm happy. I was, man, I'm lit, bro. Let's go. Yeah, that is a nice little signing. Uh, that just that just adds to an already potent commentary team because what they have is awesome. Uh, so adding Taz is it's almost unfair because now it's like <laughs> I, our commentary I don't even wanna, team is better than yours, right? Like I don't even want to. I don't even really like. I'm okay with NXT. Like I like Morello and and uh, Beth and uh, McGinnis. Like I like those three. Like those three have gelled. It's taken them some time, but they have definitely gelled and gotten a lot better. Um, Gray's and Cole is 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 who they are, and I I like Phillips. I like Phillips. I would love for Joe to be the commentator, but right now I like him better mm-hmm. kicking ass. Uh, so uh, I need them to move on from King. King is King. Yeah. King is cool. Like I, I I'm not I'm not hating on King, but. Yeah. Um, even as for me being long term, you know, Jr. and King, that was that that was my commentary team uh, after Gorilla and Heenan. So, uh, I, you know, that uh, it, it's time for King to move on, man. He's not if he was the same kind of dude. Sure, maybe. But times have changed. And a lot of stuff he said then he damn sure can't say now. So um, and, I, and I think that's the thing. He's so watered down. that. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's just time for him. It's just time to move on. I'll tell you this, man. Old, the old king would be perfect for AEW because you know, just say Yeah, pretty much. No, I'm pretty sure they they he would still have to tone that down. Like King Kings, can I, come on now, uh, 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 Lawless. You, I'm talking about Jerry the King Lawler back in the early Raw days and <laughs> yeah. that attitude area. Come on, man. Half of the stuff he said then, he can't even say now. So if you take out half of what he said, you can best believe that half that he can that he can use, you still got to take half of that. So you got to take half of the half and then let him go out there and talk. And you still got to watch him. So, nah, I it, it's time to move on from King. And I think they need another ex-wrestler. I'm not saying bring Booker T back, maybe a CM Punk, but I don't know what he's doing or what he wants to do. Yeah. But they need somebody that 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 was a good work. I mean, give Christian a try. I mean, did I mean? I think Christian could be a good commentator. I, I'm not sure how his voice will be portrayed, but he's a wrestler. He knows he can be a great heel commentator. He can kind of be that other guy to Todd Phillips. Uh, but th- there's other guys. You mean I would Vic love Joseph? To see. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, Vic Joseph. I'm sorry. Yeah, Vic Joseph. I'm sorry. Yeah, Vic Joseph. I'll tell you this, man. Taz would have been perfect for Raw in a King replacement, but. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm a, I'm, 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 um, yeah, uh, but King with, 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 uh, not King with JR, Shivani, Excalibur, and now Taz. Uh, I think now you can kind of spread out the, I don't know if they'll move from a three man on dynamite to a two man and just leave it that way for both shows where they just have to each man get their own show or, they can flip it up like you know i would you know if they don't mind rotating it if it's not too bad on the travel 
because, you know, I know Jr. I'm not sure how much he wants to travel, you know, with him being a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure yeah. the other three probably can work it out. Uh, but, yeah, um, <clears throat> it, I kind of I'm really excited to hear more of Taz. Oh, yeah. All right, well, that was the end of the AEW review show. All right, all right, all right, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, it's your truly the 26-year-old piece of gold. He's too cold. He's flawless. Peace. Deuce. Deuce.